Well, you got a flag down. Oofside. Everyone but the center. Offense. Welcome to Oofsides. I'm your host, Steve Pizarkowicz. Uh, who are you people? Uh, Spurgeon Wynn. Uh, I'm Seneca Wallace. Hell yeah. And this week's up. Oh, it, it is presented by you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, week three is over. Uh, how you guys doing today? <laughs> feeling I'm good. feeling I'm feeling grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I'm I'm feeling very fortunate. Yeah, same. I, uh, I got a milkshake and I pet a neighborhood cat today, so that's going pretty well. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, pretty, I mean, I'm not doing as good. Got a little <laughs> bit of a cold. Um, so I'm resting up, but even though I can only breathe out of one, one of my nostrils and anytime I roll over in my sleep is a fate worse than, uh, eternal hell. Um, at least I'm not a bears or a Broncos fan. True. Yeah. I'm Could feeling grateful. Yeah. I'm feeling grateful because the Patriots re- lost by a respectable margin against the Dolphins instead of, uh, an- another way. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just should we just jump right into that game? Let's, let's, uh, I, I think it, it's got to be the elephant in the room here, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we should savor it. I think we should go in order and get get everything out. Build of ourselves way. up for it. Yeah. yeah. Just get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, the week did start off, though, uh, with at the time it seemed like an ass whooping, but uh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, the 40, oh. the, what was that, Dewey? I said, "Whittle, did we know?" Yeah, Does the Forty uh, ers beat the Giants thirty to twelve in a game that never felt particularly close, um, and the Giants' struggles on offense continue. It was close for a brief point on the scoreboard, but if you watch the game, it never, it this never felt never that close. way. Yeah, it was never close at any point. I think the highlight of this game was when George. Uh, or, or uh, yeah, George Kittle was playing uh, rock, paper, scissors with the cable camera. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I got a kick out of that. But yeah, other than that, I mean, the 49ers just continued to roll and basically nothing went right for the Giants. Um, they de- it, they definitely look like they took a step back from last year because last year's Giants team felt like they were playing way above their talent level. Yeah. And it this year it seems like. Yeah, and everybody's kind of figured out Dable. So yeah, they're well, th- the weirder part though is I think on paper the Giants are a better team than they were last year. Like this team did not have Darren Waller on it last year, and I think they improved a bit on defense as well. But like as a cohesive unit, they just look lost half the time now. Yeah, and it doesn't help as well that you are facing an absolute like. Juggernaut defense in yeah. the 49ers. But even then, well, you gave up 28 points to the Cardinals the week before in a game that you were a pubic hair away from losing. So, yeah. I don't know where they're going right now, but it, it's not up. Yeah. I. It's hard to tell because the 49ers, I think, are the best team in the league, but the Giants, I really still can't get a read on them, to be honest. Because yeah. I don't, they're not good, obviously, but I don't think they're as bad as their record indicates. I think it's yeah. going to take some time for them to start clicking, and I think they could get the 500, but they're not going to be a good team. They're not going to be a bad team either. Yeah, I see them as like a six or seven win team. 
probably. Yeah. yeah. It, they remind me a lot of the uh, the Vikings, where they were a team that I you know executed when they needed to, and had a win loss record that I don't think was entirely representative of who they were. And now you're kind of seeing them come back down to earth, even if yeah. we feel like they did improve their roster. It's yeah. I mean, they last year the Vikings won every single one of their one score games, right? Yeah, I think it was either all of them or all but one, something yeah. like that. Like that's <clears throat> that's just unsustainable. There's no way oh, yeah. anybody could have looked at that and said they're going to do that again this year. Especially with that team getting worse. Now, on the other hand, the Giants got better, but it's still the same kind of situation where I think they're still coming back down to earth. It's just they're not going to plummet. I just don't think they're going to be a great team. I think they could be six and eleven or five and twelve or something like that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, on the other side, Brock Purdy still looks good. I mean, he doesn't really have to do much in this offense. Um, Christian Brock McCaffrey Purdy is, is the perfect monster. man for that offense. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, also, Sam Darnold had one carry for negative one yard. Probably just a kneel down, but still funny. We got to see Darnold. <laughs> Uh, also, I saw people pointing out to how much of a showman Debo is because you can pretty much count once a game that he will have an injury where he's laying on the ground and the medical staff is around him. And then when they come back from commercial, he's catching like a 60 yard bomb. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically just like constantly in that gif of the, the wrestler opening up the coffin and sitting up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Bet the Niners are real glad they solved the contract dispute they had with him. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that until the other day. I was like, damn, there actually uh, there was a contract dispute last year. Yeah, and they were like, no, 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 trust us. We got some good shit planned. <laughs> I think he had like requested a trade and everything like he genuinely wanted out of there. And now look at him. Yeah, uh, I heard a lot of the rumors were that he wanted to play for a team back east because um, that's where he grew up. And the 49ers were like, my dude. We've got something special brewing like just just trust us. <laughs> well, and that's not to discount that, like wanting to play closer to home is a obviously a perfectly reasonable thing to want if it's doable, especially if the team you're playing for is currently 3000 miles away from where you grew up. But like, I think this is too good of a thing to just punt on like that one out. Oh, yeah. Like this has to result in a Super Bowl at some point, right? Oh, yeah, they're, they're way too it. talented to not get there eventually. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I mean, with better, you know, with better quarterback health luck, might have gone there last year or even the year before when Garoppolo played the entire season hurt or, you know, <laughs> so you never know. But 49ers roll on Giants fall to one and two. And that was Thursday night football. Um Quick side note about the Thursday game as well. I think it might be time for Al Michaels to hang up the headset and retire. It's this has got to be his last season. It's got to be. Yeah. I, I love the man. He's a top five, maybe top three sports announcer of all time. But I, I think it might be time for him. It's he just yeah. he's just grumpy. <laughs> like, did you yeah. see the clip? where he was talking about how they keep showing footage of San Francisco and how they're not anywhere near San Francisco. <laughs> to be fair, if I had to work with Kirk Herbstreit every Thursday, I might be grumpy too. <laughs> God, that meme too that people made where it's like, 
the Squidward looking out the window at SpongeBob and Patrick running around, and that was him watching Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth get all the fun <laughs> games last year. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call their game this week fun, but that's for later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And also, I hear my dad's truck, so I'm gonna go do that real quick. Fucking goddamn it! Perfect timing. Bruh. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Yeah, I, I found, I already found on Blue Sky and a bot that posts a different major league player every hour. That it's Hell just yes. Guys. That's awesome. <laughs> it's coming along nicely. I, Speaking of that, we need, we need the opened, random college player Twitter to come back. Hey, I'm talking. Yeah. Anyway, Fuck you. Um, I opened up Blue Sky a couple minutes ago and I was greeted by Brad Penny. Yeah! <laughs> That's what we're talking about, baby. Next, you know what else it, we're talking about is when the um, Indianapolis Colts beat the Baltimore Ravens twenty-two to nineteen on Sunday in overtime in an absolute thriller of a game. I have I got absolutely this game, no idea how I'm going to edit that transition, but I'm leaving it in. <laughs> I got this. I got this game on TV at, at my house because I I was off this week, so I was actually able to watch football for once instead of just going on a fly with all this stuff. Hell. This was the best Moeds game, and that made me want to open up a fucking vein. But anyway, <laughs> the game was really damn good. Managed to go to overtime, and then um, I honestly forget the specifics, but the Colts won, and it was Hang pretty on. cool. You've just been improving about football for three years? Yes. <laughs> I've been, yes. I, I've literally, for the past three years, I've had Reddit open searching for the games as we're talking about them. Because I, I've been, I've been at work when the games are happening. <laughs> the truth I feel comes like that, out. I feel like that fits the vibe of what we do very well, though. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't found out earlier because I hardly ever add shit to the games that I don't watch. Again, you are overestimating our level of analysis. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's this right now. It's like that whitest kids you know sketch where they're all in the office boardroom and they're like. What is it that we do exactly? <laughs> this, this game, um, though, was interesting because, like, a lot of times, low-scoring games like this aren't good and have a lot of stupid shit go on. But this was pretty entertaining. It was oh, just yeah. an old-fashioned defensive slugfest. Yeah. And uh, as it turns out, Matt Gay, the Colts kicker, is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, first uh, kicker, I believe, in NFL history to hit four field goals of, I think, 53 or more yards. Golly. Absolute monster. He out Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker in his own house. Yeah. Watching uh, Justin Tucker miss a field goal was like finding out Santa's not real. Yeah. Granted, that was a 61 yard field goal, but considering he he's, made, he's made from 66 before, so it was even a field goal that yeah. far still felt surprising. Yeah. yeah, we we got to talk about also the 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 Ravens definitely blew this game. Yes, um, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Three late in the game. Uh, they they punt. They get the safety on Gardner Minshew, who steps out of the back of the end zone. Dan Orlovsky himself. Yeah. <laughs> and so they get the ball back with how many minutes left? About about two or three minutes left. Right. And the goal is simple. Run out the clock. You know, get a first down if you can. If not, you know, eat as much clock and then punt it back there. They went three and out and took 22 seconds off the clock. 
uh, gave the ball back to the Colts who drove downfield, drilled a 50 plus yarder, uh, tied it up at 19. And then uh, the, the Ravens get the ball back with a little bit of time left. They, they drive downfield and then <laughs> this is where it goes bad. First down Lamar gets sacked and they lose 10 yards. So that's a disaster pushes them basically out of field goal range right around midfield. Second one incomplete third one, 18 yard pass, which sets up a fourth and two at uh, the Colts 43, which again, if they don't take that 10 yard sack on first down there, it's probably a much more makeable field goal. Yeah. And so then they have to line up for a 61 yarder. Tucker misses it, comes up short. It was, I mean, it was on the fucking money. It was just like a foot short. Uh, yeah, it was short. It wasn't wide or anything. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. And then it goes to overtime where they've traded punts. Uh, then the Colts turned it over on downs. And this is where it gets kind of iffy because the Ravens faced a fourth and I believe it was two right around midfield, fourth and three. And it, I think it was P.I. on Zay Flowers is pretty yeah. textbook yeah. definition yeah. of P.I. Yep. That was uh, P.I. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't get called, unfortunately, which allows the Colts to kick another 53 yard field goal <laughs> to pull off the upset. Just nuts game. Absolutely. I awesome. think it's worth noting as well, though, that the Ravens offensive line is like being held together by pure will right now. Like they've, oh. they're missing Ronnie Stanley. They're missing, I think, Linderbaum still. So like, it, it wasn't surprising to see them give up those couple of sacks they did in those key moments because the guys they rely on haven't been there. Their whole team is held together with like duct tape, tape and paper clips right now. Because have you seen their injury report for this week? Yeah, it, didn't Gus Edwards get hurt too in that game? It looks like a Pro Bowl roster. It's it's bad. <laughs> Whoever they have for strength and conditioning isn't really doing that. No. Yeah. Because this is like a consistent problem for them now for like two or three years where they get like two or three weeks in and they just start going down like flies. Yeah. So here's just some of the uh, key names for the Ravens who are out right now. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, who's a safety, Trayvon Mullen, Justin Hill or Justice Hill, OBJ, Ronnie Stanley, Tyler Lindenbaum. I uh, don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, Rashad Bateman, uh, Darius Washington, J.K. Dobbins, Tyus Bowser. Like they are. Uh, it's Holy week four hell. and they're already destroyed. I forgot yeah. Humphrey got hurt, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's bad. So Which is, is even more remarkable. They've won two games without those guys. Oh, yeah. Or some combination of them. And I think there's still going to be a competitive team, but I think it's going to be a lot of what we saw last year, where all of those injuries is kind of going to. It's going to catch up. I think they're going to still be a good team that wins 10 games and makes the playoffs, but they're going to be lacking that little bit of edge to get over if they're not having if they're missing all of these guys again already. I think it also speaks volumes, though, that despite all these injuries that the Ravens front office has been able to construct a team that has this much depth where even if you have these key guys get hurt, the guys that are coming in to replace them are going to be able to do almost as good of a job. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, they even did it with Lamar Jackson. I mean, like I made so many jokes about Tyler Huntley being his, his stunt double last year, but like they somehow found a guy who has like 
who's basically the budget version of their once in a generation type quarterback. <laughs> it's crazy. We're not going to be a hundred percent match, but for some games, it'll be enough. Oh yeah. So, uh, the Ravens take their first loss of the season. The Colts somehow at two and one, uh, Gardner Minshew is still the man. Uh, I'd, I'd take him on my team. Right did, now. did anybody really <laughs> expect them to lead the division at the beginning of this season? No, it's just <laughs> no weird. Way. I, th- I think the thing we learned uh, this week is that we don't know anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, this is a lot a chaotic. Season. Of, a lot of the teams that we're like, these guys are going to suck. And we're like, oh, OK, never mind. They're competitive. And then teams that like we'll get to that we're like, they'll be better. Uh, it's just darkness right now. <laughs> the, the Colts remind me a lot of the Baltimore Orioles this year, where them being surprisingly good like this is going to make a fantastic cover for how dysfunctional their ownership in front office is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of dysfunctional ownership, the Cleveland Browns beat the <laughs> Tennessee Titans 27-3. Yeah! to three. So, <laughs> the, the last few years, the Browns have had so much talent on defense. Like, Miles Garrett it can be the best pass rusher in the league if he just had some goddamn help. Like Denzel Ward, when he's healthy, is one of the best corners in the league. And now that they have Jim Schwartz coaching them, the Browns defense is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, through three weeks, the three best defensive performances this season are the Browns in week three, the Browns in week one and the Browns in week two. This is the best that, defense in the league by far. That wow. defense fucking scares me. And the fact yeah. that it was they're the third best defensive um performance was week two when they lost by what was it 14 or something like that not even i don't think it was by that much it was four to the steelers either way they lost yeah despite the defense being that good the offense is that bad in well uh, to to counteract it well it was bad but this was the first game where if you watch Deshaun Watson throughout the game, like obviously there was that horrendous whatever. I don't remember what part of the game it was in when he it just decided, hurry. hey, I'm going to throw this bitch backwards for some reason. If you, just if you put it. on a pair of blinders and ignore that, everything else in that game was almost perfect from him. It's the first game probably since the end of the, the 2020 season when he was in Houston still that Deshaun Watson has put together a thorough, great, impactful game. And look yeah. what happens when he does that. They're really fucking good. Yeah, because I mean, he single-handedly lost them the game last week. I don't know if I yeah. said the stat on Oofsides last week, but Deshaun Watson on his sacks and turnovers last week cost the Browns a net 25 points. God. Yeah. And they lost by four. Um. And like there were still some errant passes like there was a, a screen that he threw to uh, uh, oh my God, one, uh, Kareem Hunt that like Kareem had to like fucking do the OBJ catch just to grab. Um, so like you can still tell by watching him that his mechanics aren't great, but this was definitely the first game where it was like, OK, the the old Deshaun Watson is still in there somewhere. And M- with how good. good the defense has been, if Deshaun Watson can go out there and do this every single week, the Browns could, I honestly, I think the Browns would be on the same tier 
as the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals as the top of the AFC. They're that good if they can put it all together every week. Well, at this point, I wouldn't even put Cincinnati up there because they've been doo-doo ass cheeks so far. That's yeah. fair. But even then, just on recent that, memory alone, in though, that tier, it I wouldn't put it. I I hope they don't first <laughs> and foremost. <laughs> yeah, but same. they are pretty damn good. That defense is terrifying. Yeah, I just this is the this is the team that the Baker Mayfield Browns were supposed to be. They yeah. they just finally are getting their defense to play to the level that they should be. And I mean, like like I was mentioning earlier, Miles Garrett still a monster. Three and a half sacks. Um, they held the the Titans to a net 94 yards on the entire game. Like the Titans offensive line is also not good at all. Yeah. Which it, they, the Titans are, I, I have no idea what they're supposed to be. I mean, they beat the chargers last week and I think it says a lot about how bad the chargers uh, defense is because the Titans in their two losses have been abysmal on offense. And then they, like Ryan Tannehill had a near perfect game against the Chargers. Maybe they're just a team that bounces back and forth, or maybe this is just who they are. But speaking of their offense, though, what has been up with Derrick Henry the first three weeks of the year? Their their O line is just awful. Like, so he through the first three games, he is averaging three point two yards a carry, and had and had one point eight per carry in the Cleveland game. Yeah, if if you watch any of this game, like the the Browns lived in the Titans backfield, like Tannehill had absolutely no time to throw. Derrick Henry had no blocking up front, like even if Derrick like and that that's a bad sign too. like, let's say Derrick Henry is finally getting older and he's losing that extra step like this O-line. And, and again, the Titans O-line has been the worst in football for like three years now, um, and they just continue to get worse and worse. like. There, there's not much he can do, even if he is at 100%. I still don't know why they cut Taylor Wilwan in the offseason. Yeah, I don't know. Like, even him, he may not be as good as he was five years ago, but Taylor Wilwan was like the glue that held that offensive line together. And without him, they, it, they just look lost out there. And when yeah. you create and rely on a one-dimensional offense that runs through a single guy... If you run into a team like this that has a superior run defense, you're boned. And and the thing I don't get, too, is what is like the front office? I don't get what their strategy is, because it's like the people up top, you know, they traded A.J. Brown and then they're like, oh, the team stinks now. Well, let's just go get DeAndre Hopkins and it will will undo the mistake we made and just like didn't acknowledge all of the other problems on the team. <laughs> well, this is a brand new front office. Their GM got fired at the end of last year. Oh, that's right. I so so the that. guy that traded AJ Brown and signed Robert Woods and drafted Traylon Burks, he's gone. So this yeah. is a whole new regime up there now that decided to retain Vrabel. So I don't know what they're like, obviously year one, they're still trying to figure some stuff out, but you're not going to get very many more years of an elite Derrick Henry like this, so you can't sit around and wait and hope for something to come around. You have to go out and be aggressive with it. Yeah. So I had to pull up the the stat because I saw it before the show, and um, Derrick Henry, when he's on the field, the defense stacks the box 51% of the time. The league average is about 35%. So it's wow. one of those things that if he's on the field, 
teams know he's going to get the ball and he's going to run the ball. It's one of those things that they have to be a little more versatile with how they play him. Or they at least have to do stuff where he's a blocker instead of being the guy when he's on the field. You know he's going to get the ball. Yeah. Because they brought, it's on this thread, they brought up um, in the later years when the Steelers had Jerome Bettis, the same thing happened. If they brought Bettis out, you knew what was going to happen. And other teams knew that and they knew to stack the box against it. It's just some, you have to be creative with that sometimes. And you have to be able to do different things to trick the defense. And right now the Titans are just a one trick pony with it. Yeah. And I think the biggest part of that too, is the fact that like there's no pass protection for Tannehill and they've had no weapons at receiver. So it's like, if you are the defense, like why even respect the passing offense? If this is the kind of game they're going to put up, like Derrick Henry is the offense at this point. And like, that's yeah. what, when the Titans a couple of years ago, were really good and Ryan Tannehill was playing at like a genuine like top five level in the league is because they had tons of receiver you know tons of talent outside and Derrick Henry was a fucking monster on the uh, from the backfield and it's they're just completely one-dimensional at this point so what it's worth also Hopkins and Burks combined for 53 yards in this game yeah so they just just weren't able to get them the looks at all the entire team is just being snuffed all at once. Yeah. So. Like, I'm not going to say having Derrick Henry is bad, obviously, but they rely so much on him that it almost seems like it's stunting the growth of the rest of the team to be able to perform as a cohesive unit when he's not going to be the feature of the offense. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh... And I don't know what the solution is. (laughs) So... Because you can always just say, well, just pass protect better. But that's a lot easier said just, than done. That's just a big ask. Yeah, just hit the fucking gym. Yeah. Like, Pound the rock. I had, a, I had a tweet like that where it was the one where it was the, the Eagles like butt push formation. And somebody just said, like, how do you even stop this? And I just said, hit the fucking gym. <laughs> <laughs> but all you can do. Yeah. And then Brett Coleman's which was draft more Samoans, and it was just Troy Polamalu jumping over the the defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and that was Titans Browns. Uh, I don't know how to transition into this next one, but the Lions beat the Falcons twenty to six. Uh, wow. there's a there's a little bit of doubt after week two that it was like maybe it's just the same old Lions, and then they were like no, nah. and they uh pounded the falcons uh yeah i'm I'm good. sad jack isn't here because he has strong things to say about desmond ritter <laughs> it's it's good to see that the lions are once again thriving on offense with a tight end drafted from the university of iowa <laughs> as sam laporta has succeeded tj hawkinson as tight end one in detroit and turns out sam laporta is pretty fucking good I like that Goff threw 33 times and only targeted four players. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and they still passed for 243 yards and outscored them 20 to six. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing about this game, though, was the Lions defense, because last year everybody was talking about how, oh, man, if they just had a defense that was, you know, passable, they could easily, you know, be winning a ton of games. Uh, they sacked Desmond Ritter seven times. Yeesh. So 
Uh, and that's yeah. missing their top linebacker. Who I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he got hurt, I think, a week and a half ago. And they're doing this even without him anchoring that defensive line. It's really impressive. Oh, yeah. And uh, B. John Robbins, or B. John, blah, oh, my God. B. John Robinson limited to 10 carries for 33 yards. Tyler Algier, seven carries for 12 yards. Like they shut the Falcons down and like it, it's funny, too, because a couple weeks ago, Jack and I were talking about like, oh, yeah, the Falcons have like a sneaky good offense. Well, nope, it doesn't not, make not, sense not Two, like one solid running back, one pretty good running back, a wide receiver, Drake London, that's good enough to be wide receiver one on probably a good amount of teams in the NFL, a guy they drafted in the top five as a tight end. A solid guy that's been a good tight end for a while that just kind of hasn't been getting the, the looks he used to get. It's a decently good offense, but just it doesn't make sense. You put all these players together on the same team, and most weeks, none of them do anything. But yet they still find a way to win half the time. Yeah, I think I think Ritter just might not be the guy. But no. they do have... A backup quarterback, and do you know who it is? Isn't it Taylor Heineke? It's Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's going to be Heineke time soon, baby. Um, Taylor Heineke. Say, if they end up switching or like switching quarterbacks to Heineke, and like that doesn't work out, Arthur Smith was the OC in Tennessee when Ryan Tannehill had his two or three really good years, and seeing how the Titans go, like. That's a midseason trade to watch out, or even trade for next year to watch out for. So that would be a move of all time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, the Lions are. I think we can say legit because this was the exact type of win they needed to have after what happened with the Seahawks. So, at the very least, I think they're the best team in their division. But I don't know if they're going to be necessarily a contender in the conference yet. Yeah, that I think that's the biggest thing is like in the AFC, I almost feel like if you're a good team, you can just get hot. And, you know, we the Chiefs have shown over the last couple of years that they're vulnerable. You know, the Bills are vulnerable. The, the Bengals are when they're at their height of power are vulnerable with the NFC, though, like. I don't know who's getting past the Eagles or 49ers, you know, it just seems yeah. like it's it's like, more clear cut. Yeah, yeah. Very top heavy. I think the the Lions though are going to the playoffs this year if they keep this up, and I'm here for it. I think we're all here for it. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of their division though, the Packers might have a, a word for them because they came back against the Saints and finished or in one eighteen to seventeen. Uh, we got Jameis <sighs> Winston in this game. <laughs> this game good. was ugly. This was a <laughs> tough game. Yeah. Jameis uh, played decent too. It just just I wasn't they, enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they went three and out, like his first three possess or three drives. Um, the big story though was yeah, this was an ugly game. The Packers were struggling on offense. Jordan Love had that really ugly like reverse pass to him where he like tried to throw and then slipped and went into the splits. And I was like, oh god, he's gonna blow out his knee doing that. Um. But Carr had him up 13-10, or 13-0, sorry, 17-0. God, I can't speak today. And it was not a very pretty stat line. And then he gets sacked and injures his throwing shoulder. Uh, I think the diagnosis was a sprained AC joint, so he's probably going to miss a couple weeks. 
Uh, Jameis then came in and uh, had two three and outs and another short drive. Packers jumped on it, scored 18 unanswered. And then Jameis Winston did drive them downfield into field goal range. Uh, but then their punter or their kicker, who looks like Neil Cicerega, missed a 46 yarder. And that was it. And the Packers advanced to two and one. And I'm just going to say this, even though the offense kind of sputtered in the fourth quarter, at the end of the day, you had a 17 point lead going into the final frame. And there's really not an excuse to give up a lead like that and lose it like they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you, you can't like if you have a 17 point lead going into the final quarter, that's a, should be in almost any circumstance, almost a guaranteed victory as long as you can look like you know what you're doing. And sure looked like the defense just kind of decided to not look like that anymore. Also, I'm posting pictures of them right now, but the Saints kicker, Blake Groupe, looks like a toddler. What the fuck? It was a hell of a gamble, by the way, for the Saints to trade away Will Lutz, who had been their kicker for a long time, to go with this guy. He yeah. looks like Ty Gibbs. <laughs> And like that's that. not to say I'm giving up on or that Blake group isn't good or anything like that, but you know, rookie kicker in a high pressure situation like that, I'm just not necessarily surprised that the outcome that happened is the one that happened. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I don't think they should be out on him. I mean, he made you know the the other field goal in that game, but uh, also he's five seven. He's my height. What the hell? <laughs> Short King. Only hundred fifty. He's the same weight as me too. Th- that's this is literally what I would look like if I was the kicker of the Saints. Well, why aren't you the kicker for the Saints then? Well, yeah, hire me. I'd make that kick. I think you have a tryout to do, Matt. Yeah. You probably could make and, that kick, and we can talk <laughs> about you every week. <laughs> this fucking guy, this short bitch. <laughs> Missing field goals, go Bears. Uh, <laughs> Insert random short bitch here. Yeah. So we got to Photoshop me over him kicking there. Um, yeah. So not 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 the way that the Saints wanted to close that out. Uh, speaking of teams that are underwhelming, uh, the Texans beat the Jaguars thirty-seven to seventeen. Yeah. What the hell was this? I don't know what is up with the Jags, but like uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is struggling right now. He does not look like what he did last year. Um, I mean, the whole offense is struggling and there was a lot of blunders like he threw an interception. There's a couple fumbles. Pretty sure there's a muffed punt at some point, too. Um, Just absolute disaster game for the Jaguars. It looked good for them in week one. And I think last week was a lot of, well, they played the Chiefs and Chris Jones came back and the Chiefs have been a good defense. And this is like the best team in the NFL, arguably, you know, maybe not take maybe don't take too much of a stock into that. But then this week happened and yeesh. Yeah. Just a overall baffling game on the other side, though, CJ Stroud, uh, I believe he's sixth in the league in passing yards so far, hasn't thrown a single interception through three games. I think yeah, it turns out he's kind of good. He's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 280 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, we got Tank Dell ran, had five receptions for 145 yards. 
Pretty sure Tank Dell's a fullback. <laughs> oh, we um, also had a kickoff return touchdown in this game by a fullback. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Tank Dell's a wide receiver. Actually, I have a couple stats here. So, yeah, there was a fumble. So, I don't know if that's the best way or best way, but Andrew Beck, who is a fullback, kind of got in the way of the kick and was just like, oh, shit, I guess I got to run this now and ran it 85 yards for a touchdown. Uh, here's two stats. He is the heaviest player in NFL history to score a kickoff touchdown. Uh, That's awesome. He is the first fullback since 2016 to hit 20 miles an hour. Wow. Is awesome. That's some next gen stats for you. (laughs) The call of it's so good. They're like, oh man, uh, I guess the fullback's going to take it off. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's like when... The Patriots played the Packers in 2010 and the Packers allowed Dan Connolly to get within four yards of running a touchdown back <laughs> or kickoff back. My favorite part of that is when he cuts back infield to make that guy miss. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite plays. Um, but yeah. Who would have thought that we were looking at the AFC South right now and that the Jaguars would be behind the Texans in the standings and that the Colts would be leading it right now. So it's the most AFC South thing to happen. That 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 division is just so unpredictable every year. It seems like it, it may not last throughout the whole season, obviously, because the Jags are good enough where they should, in theory, pull ahead at some point and win the division. But it seems like every year the AFC South just throws some kind of curveball like this at everybody and makes us all scratch our heads. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was that. Now. I think if we're going to talk about the most head scratching game, I think it's time. Because here we go. (laughs) Denver Broncos visited the Miami Dolphins this week. And uh, who wants to read the score? Uh, I'll I'll do the honors here. (laughs) So the Miami Dolphins defeated the Denver Broncos 70 to 20. You heard that right. 70 to 20. First time since 1966 that a team has scored 70 points in a play in a game. Uh, I think Russell Wilson has to be the first quarterback to pass for 300 yards and lose by 50. He got (laughs) they lost by 50. (laughs) That's for you. The Dolphins so, are the first team ever to throw for five touchdowns in a game and run for five touchdowns <laughs> in a game. Here's another unbelievable stat. They were five for nine on third downs. Okay. You're like, wow, that's really efficient. And then you do the math. Wait a second. They had more touchdowns than third down attempts. <laughs> they what were the more fuck? likely <laughs> to get into the end zone right now than take three plays to move 10 yards. I believe that they also might have had the most all-purpose yards in a game ever, I think. 726, uh, by the God! way. God! I, uh, pre- I think the previous record was like the Rams with Van Brocklin or something. Pro- Maybe. More than likely. Yeah, I, think so. I think I know which one you're talking about, yeah. Well, wait. Yeah, so, Tua was 23 of 26 for 309 yards and four touchdowns. We got a Mike White touchdown, two for two oh, for Robbie chose yards. it! Yeah, yeah. Of all people, Robbie with a Y. I mean, Robbie with an IE. Anderson. I mean, chosen Anderson. I mean, Robbie chosen. Uh, 
one reception for 68 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> Tyree Kill, nine receptions for 157 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert caught seven passes for a touchdown. Devon A. Chain caught two and ran for three or for two. Mostert ran for three. Like they weren't even trying to score. They had the starters in or they had the starters out of the game by the third quarter and they just kept ripping off like 70 yard touchdown runs. Devin A. Chain. Insane. They scored 70 with like 10 minutes left in the fourth. Yeah, yes, yeah, there, there were eight, eight minutes. minutes it was like eight minutes left. They could and they kneel, They were in Broncos territory with like two minutes left to kneel to kneel the drive out. That yeah. was chicken shit. They should have they, kept going. They could have gone. Yeah. They like literally with one more touchdown, they would have broken the record for the most points scored in a game in the history of the NFL. I almost said NHL. Fire but the Mike NFL. McDaniel. Bad coaching there. No, you, you got to go for the record in the history of the NHL too. No, you're yeah, you're right. It would have been <laughs> MLB too. Yeah. Mike McDaniel, also the former ball boy of the Broncos. <laughs> I know that image has been circulating this week. Yeah. So beat his old team. And also worth noting that Devin A. Chain, not only did he run for two touchdowns and catch for two touchdowns, he ran for 203 yards in his third career game. God. He was drafted <laughs> this year from Texas A&M in three games in his career. He has a 200-yard four-touchdown game. <laughs> um. Oh god, what was the other thing? I, oh yeah, my favorite play was Tua's blind, no look backhand behind the back shovel pass for god. a touchdown. <laughs> just, just ridiculous. Worth like, noting as well that the Dolphins disrespect. did all of this without Jalen Waddle too, who missed this <laughs> game because he got a concussion last week. They might have scored a hundred with him. So yeah, yeah, maybe. So my parents are on vacation this week. They're in Florida. I woke up on Sunday and I got a text from my dad about the Dolphins game. And the only thing he sent me was that gif from the Simpsons where it's the kid saying, stop, stop, he's already dead. (laughs) And I figured it would have been like, you know, 21, nothing at the end of the first quarter or something like that. And I, 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 I got my phone and I looked it up and they were already up like 56 something. Like, <laughs> this is an unprecedented beatdown. So my, and it yeah, couldn't my have happened to a better guy. Yeah, my experience watching this is I watched them go up like 21-7, and then I was like, oh, okay, I gotta go hop on Discord. We're doing like our D&D thing, right? So I was just like vaguely following this game, and then I tuned out for like an hour because of that, and then I looked back, and it was 56-20, to 20, and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. Like, I think that's the most insane part is, like, Russell Wilson actually had a pretty decent to good game. Yeah. 300 yards, threw for a touchdown. The O-line was good. They only got, he only got sacked once. Like, Dude, yeah, he, like the offense was pretty well. decent, but I don't know if I've ever seen a worse defensive performance in a game in my life. Yeah. The, it's, and that, that, it's and that, an not, not even just for the NFL, any sport. Like baseball, football, hockey, soccer, basketball, anything. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse defensive performance by a team in a game. Now, are you talking overall or just one? In one game. Okay, because I have a a certain play by Gregory Polanco in Wrigley Field that would beg to say otherwise. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's got a good case. But like as a cohesive defensive unit over the course of an entire 
regulation game. I don't know if I've ever seen something worse. I've never yeah. seen a team just give up. And and that, that's including the Rangers giving scoring 30 runs in a baseball game. 30 you know unanswered runs. Yeah. <laughs> or a basketball team giving up like 140 or 150 points in regulation. Sometimes there's just high-flying offense that score a lot in a basketball game. Well, or you know, a soccer team know, gives up six or seven goals. I don't, Kyle just, Larson just letting Brad Keselowski have the bottom at Atlanta in 2017. That was unfairly. six years ago! So... <laughs> I still haven't recovered from the 97 Hungarian oh, Grand Prix. You I didn't even watch fans it are always been out of shape about the past. Get oh, over oh, it. oh, oh, that's enough. because we haven't had anything to celebrate in a while, have we? Well, pick a better driver then. <laughs> <laughs> Any, but, like, and again, this is the fourth 70-point game in the history of the NHL, or, God damn it, NFL. It's the first time anybody's even hit 60 since 2011. And, like Matt said, it couldn't have happened to a better coach. Sean Payton talked so much garbage about Nathaniel Hackett and everybody that was involved with the Broncos last year. And look what fucking happened to you. To be fair, uh, he was not wrong about Nathaniel Hackett. No, he wasn't. As but... we've seen, it's going very well in New York right now. But However, while, he, while he's right, you still have to go out there and make yeah. sure that you don't look worse than the person you're shit talking. I can't say that because then I, you just look like you're throwing stones from glass houses. There is uh, when you're mentioning, I can't remember a worse or like a, another game where a defense just gave up. I can. It was actually Christmas last year when the LA Rams <laughs> quarterbacked by Baker Mayfield beat, huh? The Broncos 51 to 14. A game that was so embarrassing that Pat and, <laughs> A 3D rendering <laughs> of Patrick Starr was dunking on Russell Wilson, and that Nickelodeon literally had to pick up Baker Mayfield with a crane attached to a blimp and take him away because it was too unfair. <laughs> Wasn't that the game Hackett was fired after? Yes, it was. And I will Golly. say this: at least, at least Hackett waited until week 16. This is week three. But you know they've what? They've already though? outdone him. <laughs> but that's 51. And the Rams For... had less total offense in that game, way less total offense in that game than the Dolph. Like you, like how can you give up five passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, three hundred passing yards, and three hundred rushing yards? How Isn't the defense supposed Just, to be the strength? You give up fifty-one points. Imagine giving up three more touchdowns beyond that. Like, like they scored on get... like their first seven drives, I think, too. Like they just couldn't do jack shit. So, do we just oh have to keep God. getting uh, Bill Fagerbaki to um, commentate these games to fire Broncos head coaches? <laughs> that might be the solution. Here. That's, I think. Well, next week they're doing a Toy Story game, and I know they're doing the Nick Christmas games again. So oh, maybe no. they have to make this more of a regular thing, like a traveling crew type beat for the Broncos. I gotta so, say this though, a Sean Payton midseason firing would be exponentially funnier oh than my Nathaniel God, Hackett. So I would I'd forget the pack. I would smoke the carton. So here's <laughs> the thing. Guess who they play next week? The Bears! <laughs> if they lose to the Bears, 
do you fire Sean Payton after four games? Ah, uh, I don't <laughs> think you do. Like, I, I realistically, you don't. But I'd consider it. <laughs> I like. I don't think they will. But if they no. do, it will be the funniest fucking thing to ever happen. And speaking of dog bears, they had their own blowout this week, losing forty-one to ten to the <laughs> Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift-led well, Chiefs. Yes, they're right. Taylor Swift beat the Bears. Yes, <laughs> the Swifties okay. are out in full force in Kansas City. Did did we see that? Um, Travis Kelsey's jersey sales shot up 400% this week. 400%. I wonder who's buying those. The the Swifties are mapping out astrology sites for Travis Kelsey. (laughs) What the fuck? This is quite the timeline. Like, in the span of 24 hours, a team put up 70 points and Taylor Swift was next to Travis Kelsey's mom. Yeah. I do like so people have been coming up with their ship names for them and people call them Tacy and I'm like, why not trailer? It's right. It's been done. That's good. That's big <laughs> Keith trailer. True. You know who he played for? Dom Bear. Yeah, I, I found the I found the birth chart for Travis Kelsey. Oh my god. That is insane. <laughs> that is gonna, absolutely That's gonna why, be on the thumbnail. Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's no, they go like the birthplaces and the time of day and shit. What the Time hell is... of day! What are we doing here? Time of day. What oh, the hell? This is the best thing to happen to the NFL in a while. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> the NFL, Taylor's version. <laughs> this reminds me of <laughs> This reminds me of um was it earlier this year when Scott Borchetta got hurt in that Trans Am wreck? Yes, and the that was Swifties just ate it up. Like, Wait, don't what? fuck with them. Yeah, they have long-standing beef with Scott Borchetta. Is... Who the fuck is Scott Borchetta? He's, He's the, the guy owner that owns of Big Machine. Big Machine. Oh, okay. And held her albums hostage. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 They probably slashed his tires. <laughs> yeah, or cut his brake lines or something. But still, it's just. You didn't think Scott Borchetta would be featured in Oof Sides. You were wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So, Uh, anyway, uh, the football game that happened. uh, It was bad. It was a one-sided football game. Yeah. All all you need to know. Oh, God. Blaine (laughs) Blaine Gabbert attempted five passes. Three of them were to his own team and two of them were interceptions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, good thing it was already forty-one to three when he entered the game. Yeah, yeah. matter. It was kind of uh, ugly when he came in. Justin Fields continues to look completely lost, and we'll we'll get into a lot of the behind-the-scenes drama that's going on in Chicago right now. There's a moment though that I think you should fire your entire head coaching staff because of this, where they were down thirty-eight to ten, and uh, or no, sorry, uh, forty-one to ten. And for some reason, Justin Fields is still in the game and he gets fucking whipped to the ground and he gets oh, up this. showing signs that he's concussed. And DJ Moore like flags the coaching staff and is like, hey, get him off the field right now. And then they stumbled. put him back in down 38 points in the fourth quarter. It meant nothing. Why is he even on the field to begin with? That That's like in week one I... when the Giants left. Barkley and yeah. Daniel Jones in when the, they were down whatever it was to the Cowboys and like did you not learn your lesson old man oh, God. like the and, incompetence that this team has 
has shown this season so far is borderline criminal. And the the most remarkable or maybe unremarkable part about this is last off season, this was the regime that came in after the place was torn down to the studs. Trubisky was gone. Nagy was gone. Their old GM, I can't remember his name, he was gone. They brought in an entirely new slate of players, coaches, front office members, and nothing changed. If any, they got worse. Yeah, Eagles, they got worse. Eagles Bears have lost 13 games in a row and 16 of their last 17. The last time they won was against the Patriots on Monday night last year. The yeah. 2022 Major League Baseball season was still going. <laughs> Fast forward now. We're less than a week away from the 2023 Major League Baseball regular season ending. The Bears have still not won a game since. We played a whole ass NBA season in between Bears wins. We who might wins? get two World Series played between their wins. <laughs> who wins first, Daniel Hemrick or the Chicago Bears? Oh, Hemrick by far. <laughs> <laughs> Call that one a tie. They're gonna win. On, they're gonna win on the same Sunday. Just watch. <laughs> God. But who I mean, wins what first the hell? In, in the time span? Hemrick's actually won something worthwhile in the last fucking 40 years. He had, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happened once, but at least it's something. <laughs> but just, and, and again, I understand why there are Justin Fields defenders, and I think Justin Fields does have some degree of talent. I don't, I don't, it's hard to tell what it is, but there's some degree of talent there. But... The comments he made earlier this week about the coaches stunting his growth, you can't say that and then go out and be worse than you were before you said it. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it is, it's unfathomably bad. This has nothing to do with the Chicago Bears, but this just came up on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put that in the show. Or put that in the, the thumbnail. You have to pull that up. For reference, uh, it's the Oregon Ducks mascot. It, it The whole thing's shot with a Dutch angle. And the Oregon mascot's head is laying on the ground, and the mascot is in is like full sprint running towards the tunnel. And there's a guy behind him on a Harley with the fucking. <laughs> oh my god! So, anyway, the Chicago Bears. Yes, the so, Bears. They look terrible. They're giving me 2017 Browns and 08 Lions vibes right now with how yeah. much dysfunction there is. It's also worth noting that Matt Eberflus when he was hired, was the Colts defensive coordinator prior to becoming the head coach of the Bears. And so obviously, defensive-minded coach. So in theory, a team that's bad on defense should get better on defense. Well, so their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, he resigned last week. We've talked about that in last week's show. So Matt Eberflus, as a result of that resignation, is now calling the plays on defense. And the defense got worse. Like, it wasn't good the first two weeks, but then you followed that up and you gave up 41 points while a coach that was a former defensive coordinator is calling defensive plays. What the hell are we doing here? She Eber on muff loose. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody's Ebering on anybody's floose because everybody sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I this mean, is, this is bad. Now, 
Thankfully, the Bears and the Broncos again get to play this week, so an unstoppable force gets to meet an immovable object. Except in this case, the the force is not moving and the object is extremely movable. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Bears had a chance to win this game because the Chiefs are the Chiefs, are the defending Super Bowl champions and all that happy horse shit. But I don't think it should have been this lopsided if, if the organization knew what it was doing and it had its ducks in a row. They should at least look like an NFL team. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. The Bears are in a worse situation in the NFL right now. I think it's even worse than the Broncos. It's worse than um worse than the Cardinals. It's, it might even be worse than Houston now. Houston's oh, yeah. coming well, back. Houston they have a good Arizona at least like look like NFL teams. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 bad. It is yeah. really bad. And and again, I, I obviously I'm a Patriots fan. This is well known. So I don't have any bias for or against the Bears. But I think as a football fan, it's sad to see and I might have mentioned this last week already, but it's sad to me as a football fan to see a franchise with this much history good history and prestige and tradition and everything look like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like in the NBA, it's good for the NBA if the Celtics and the Lakers and the Knicks are competitive because those are your storied franchises that mean the most to the league. Or if you're in the MLB for the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers to be competitive teams, for the NFL, it's better if the Bears are a competitive team that knows what they're doing. And it's just sad to see them in this state. Yeah. Bears fans are so passionate. And they've stuck around through so much shit, and they're being rewarded with the just an absolute embarrassment on and off the field. I don't know what more they would have to do for fans to just completely give up. Well, their field it's, is also shit. Yeah, the literal the field, field they play on dump. is terrible. I mean, and and that's another one. Soldier Field itself has a lot of rich history like that. It should be in the same boat as Wrigley Field and Fenway Park and any of or the LA Coliseum. All of these long, great, long-standing stadiums that have a lot of history and plays and everything, and you've done this to it. Why? For what? That's just everything about it stinks. It's, it's just sad. Yeah. That's everything about say. it's sad. Uh, speaking of <clears throat> tortured fan bases and teams that have no history of quarterback success, the New York Jets. <laughs> I want to jump forward to this one. Um, yeah, so Zach Wilson's the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, I don't think that's an over-exaggeration to say. Uh, did you guys see him sack himself? Yes. That That's like a bottom five quarterback play. That's bad. That was bad. bad. But did you see what Joe Namath said about Zach Wilson? Dude, that is. That's got to be the ultimate thing. Okay, again, we got to reiterate Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil to win that Super Bowl. And ever since then, there has never been a good quarterback for the Jets. And he knows this. And yet he is so like 
he knows it's his fault and he still thinks that Zach Wilson sucks shit. Like that's how bad this is. Yes. I, th- I think there's been good quarterbacks for the Jets since like Sanchez had a couple good years. Chad Pennington had a couple of good years, but nobody's ever come close hey, to hey, what Joe Namath was able to do. They got 45 seconds of Aaron Rodgers. True. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Zach Wilson does have a better completion percentage than Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah. Did, well, so did, do we. Did you see yeah, what true. Aaron Rodgers said too? Oh, yeah. Like, he, for anyone that didn't see it, he went on the Pat McAfee show, and I think he does this like once a week or once a... He, he regularly appears on the show, though. And he basically said that the Jets as a team need to grow up and that they would probably be 3-0 and if he was starting still. See, it was... Like, the way saying I that about his was, team, he was, I, I saw him saying that more about Jets fans booing him constantly. Which I don't know. Is, in and of itself, is its own animal. It's like Aaron. This is the New York media market. Like they are not going. Uh, they to will take and gobble that. up anything. <laughs> the New like, York media is relentless. Anything you say, they will twist in any fucking way they want to yeah. make it sound like anything they fucking want. This isn't Green Bay. They're not going to just be quiet because you said so. <laughs> you know. Um, but but Namath basically wants him gone. Rogers is out here like, yeah, even though he's my teammate, we'd probably be three and zero if I was playing. And Robert Sully just seems to be supporting him either way. And for what? I mean, we I saw there was the camera shot of Wilson and the two Wilson, Zach and Garrett Wilson, were arguing on the sideline during the game on Sunday. Like, it it, it feels like Aaron Rodgers was never there. That's how quickly yeah. this got bad that it feels like he never even showed up. And like the thing that amazes me too is that like they didn't it's like they didn't even plan for this. Like no. that this wasn't a cuz they were just going to roll into the season like yeah, we got Aaron Rodgers and that's it. And last year the problem was you had injuries to the quarterback who was actually playing well, Mike White, and you got stuck with Zach Wilson, and then you just didn't fucking do anything to remedy that this season. They should have re-signed Mike White is what they should have done. Yeah. yeah. But, like, have I told you about the, the conspiracy theory about why Zach Wilson is on the Jets? No. Zach Wilson's uncle is the CEO of JetBlue. <clears throat> you know who else is a, ma- a massive share owner in JetBlue? The Jets Woody owner? Johnson, the owner of the New York Jets. <laughs> remember, remember, still not the worst jet incident. Oh. Yeah, remember throughout 2020 when the entire quarterback debate was Trevor Lawrence is going first overall and Justin Fields is going second, and then weirdly in the offseason, Zach Wilson started flying up draft boards. You're going to tell me that JetBlue wasn't pulling some strings and saying, "Why don't you draft our kid?" You know our kid be the face of the jets and he kind of came out of nowhere i hadn't even heard of him until the draft hype season started (laughs) i mean to be fair zach wilson did put up good numbers in college he was a good college quarterback however college quarterback playing cupcake schedules for the he played for byu who at the time was an independent and really didn't schedule that many good teams to play. Like, I think the best team he, he played that year was like Coastal Carolina or something like that. So, yeah, he looked right good, now. but against what competition? They played two ranked teams all year. 
And I think Coastal was one of them, but I forget the yeah. other. Yeah, Coastal, was... which was their only loss, and Boise State, number 21. Here are some of the, the vaunted teams that his, the, his BYU Cougars beat. Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, North Alabama, San Diego State, UCF. That's well, the UCF one, maybe, but the rest of yeah. them. Ugh. UCF, I'm pretty sure, was a bowl game. Also, yeah, yeah, that was that was their bowl game. Oh, oh god, wait, Coastal Carolina, that was the Mormons versus Mullets game, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yes, that game ruled. <laughs> that, that was the game they scheduled midweek because the Liberty game got canceled. I remember yeah. that was like that's one of the very few college football games I've ever watched all the way through with you guys. That was an insane <laughs> game, but but like, but it, but it, but the point being that like he. Sure, he looked good, but against what comp- like-, like the Trey Lance thing? Trey Lance was picked third overall the year after Zach Wilson. Or no, now that's the same draft, right? Mm-hmm. That Wilson and Lance were picked, mm-hmm. and Lance came from an FCS program, so the competition for him may have been arguably less. That just a tangent, but not to mention that he played like a season of yeah. football now. Like I think Lance had the same treatment that Zach Wilson did, where he was just picked way too high for competition or after playing against competition that wasn't going to compare to what Trevor Lawrence is playing at Clemson. And so it set him up to be almost an impossible situation, especially since they basically threw him to the wolves week one, 2021 saying, all right, Hey, go out and play now. Yeah. Like and it, it's just like the continued incompetence of the jets is that they, they were like, we're going to draft a young quarterback and then let's go hire the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers to coach him up. In like, their defense, the def- the Jets defense has become a top five defense in the NFL since he's gotten there. Yeah. But, but like, if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, you need an offensive minded coach to help him out. Yeah. I mean, look at what Doug Peterson did with Trevor Lawrence last year. So, And all of this is also to say, for what it's worth, the Patriots played like shit on Sunday. And they probably should have lost this game because they had terrible clock management. The offense didn't do anything again. And I'm starting to wonder if Bill O'Brien's going to really be as impactful as I thought he would on the offense. Like the jets, even with all this dysfunction going on, had a shit ton of opportunities to win this game and they couldn't capitalize on any of them. That's been their MO for the last couple of years. Cause it used to be, you know, the Patriots would roll into New York and then drop 70 points on the jets. They kick their and ass. Like, they beat him by two every time. <laughs> like last year, they barely won on when Marcus Jones had the kickoff return at the end of the game. I mean, this year they come within a fingertip of losing on a Hail Mary. Like sure. The paint shirts, it's death taxes and the Patriots beating the jets, but these aren't the same wins that they were getting two and three years ago. These are just becoming absolute shit stains on the NFL because there've been terrible matchups where both teams play like complete ass that somebody has to walk away and win. And I don't know. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm glad the Patriots won, but it was an ugly win. Yeah. And it's it's like what you were uh, saying with Sala's defense of Zach Wilson is he is going to lose the locker room. Oh, absolutely. Quickly. Like, I think he already might be. It's week three and dudes are already pissed. And he just like he's not listening to his team. The front office didn't do anything to address the backup quarterback situation. Like, we're just stuck with this again. Um, but 
Don't worry, guys. They went out and signed Trevor Wait. Simeon. That's Who literally, and it was only after five, you know, two weeks of the entire Jets fan base yelling at them to please sign another quarterback. Please, God, don't make us sit through Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. Like, we'll even. Their take- backup was Tim Boyle? Yeah. yeah. The entire time? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, so I, what I are think you doing? We, so I think week one Boyle was the emergency third quarterback, but now he's the backup with Jesus yeah. Rogers fucking out. Christ. And everybody's like, I mean just a crumb of Carson Wentz, please. And they're like, How about Trevor Simeon? Hey, for what it's worth, the last time we saw Trevor Simeon in a Jets uniform, he shattered his ankle on Monday yeah, night against the my, Browns. Miles Garrett pile drove him into the ground and <laughs> Just broke his ended leg. his fucking And he ankle. walked off the field with a broken leg, I might add. <laughs> yeah, that Jets team was more competitive than this one is. That's just... That was, that was the Adam Gase Jets. <laughs> yeah! That was 2019 when they looked half decent still. Um, but what the hell is this? They should have extended Adam Gase. Yeah, honestly. True. Bring him back. Now, I mean, Offensive again, can't get worse. He will unlock Zach Wilson. Now, I think <laughs> he's the QB whisperer. Obviously, it needs to be said that this would not be what it is if Aaron Rodgers hadn't gotten hurt. But the fact of the matter is, this is where we are now, and I think it's irresponsible for the Jets to not have had at least some kind of contingency plan in case their 39-year-old quarterback got hurt at some point. It's just Like, you can't, like, the Patriots and Buccaneers were beyond lucky that Tom Brady never once got hurt past 2016 with how old and immobile he became. And well, the fact was, that the Jets didn't see that. that and think maybe we should get a better backup for Rodgers if something happens. Well, Why? He's chugging that adrenochrome and avocado ice cream all the time. <laughs> like, and and Rogers has a much more expansive injury history, of course, than Brady ever did. He broke his collarbone once in Green Bay. I think he 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 tore something some other year. I'm pretty sure. And I think he might have hurt in his back. There was some other injury he had at some point while with the Packers. He and, fucked up his knee that one time. Yeah, yeah and then just got <laughs> fucked up on painkillers and then beat the Bears. Fucked up. <laughs> Like, straight zooted given all of this <laughs> <My knee. laughs> like given all of this sure he's a hall of fame quarterback and he's still really good but injury prone 39 year old quarterback you should have gone into a situation like that and said you know if something were to happen maybe we should prepare ourselves a bit better for what that reality would look like and they sure as shit didn't do that yeah they put everything on this and it backfired of- in a minute and a half Think of all the quarterbacks they passed up on this offseason as backups. Like, they let Mike White go. They passed up on Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton, uh, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> like, yeah, they, all I'm, of these dudes They could have traded there. for Josh Dobbs. You can, yeah. It was like a seventh-round pick or something I, that they gave for In New for York, him. you can still have Mason Rudolph, if you'd like. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky would genuinely be an upgrade. I, I don't know, I'll, throw I'll take a seventh-rounder one... to the fucking Steelers for him. <laughs> I'll take one lightly used Brace Hall for um, Mason Rudolph because <laughs> I know you guys are desperate. There's rumors too that they're going to try to trade for, or that they should trade for Kirk Cousins. I was like, yeah, Kirk Cousins <laughs> is going to waive his no trade clause to be the fucking fill in for Aaron Rodgers. That's what he's going to do. Speaking okay. of Brace Hall, by the way, him and Delvin Cook did fuck all on Sunday too. 
Yep. So even when the passing game isn't great, the fact that there's not a consistent running game that can duel every week to supplant that is also very not good. I mean, obviously, like, the Patriots' defense has been pretty decent, but even despite that, like, a, a backfield of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook should have been able to produce more than 36 rushing yards. Yeah, just... And that was on nice. 20 combined carries, so that the two of them combined averaged less than two yards a carry. Yeah. So, I, I want to shift gears really quickly um, back to the Bears, because I just found this post on Reddit. Um... Through the entire season, through three weeks, the Chicago Bears have one sack. TJ Watt, wow. by himself, TJ Watt has six! The Bears, as a team, have one sack. Think about that. I, I also would like to quickly point out in this game that the Jets and Patriots combined to score two touchdowns. The Jets touchdown was scored by Nick Bodden, their fullback. Oh, and right. the Patriots touchdown was a 68-yard touchdown pass to Pharaoh Brown. Who? Who, who I who? didn't even know was in the league still. He is Jeez, a 29-year-old tight end. I had no fucking clue the Patriots had even signed him at any point. They activated him for Sunday's game and he scored a 68-yard touchdown. Oh my gosh. That That's bad. Oh, and we and of course we got a safety in this game because of course we did. Good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fifteen to ten was how that game ended. Officially in uh, football is happening to the Jets territory of the season. So I love it. Yeah, and that was Jets Patriots. Uh, their other big brother in the division, the Buffalo Bills, continuing to get back on track. They somehow lost to the Jets, but they beat the Commies thirty-seven to three. Um. It was a tough loss for us, but uh, our team will, they will respond. Um, Sam Howell was ass. He looked like shit. Four interceptions. Uh, He was sacked how many times? Nine Nine times. times. Nine. Sam Howell has been sacked 19 times through three games. That's on That's 19 times as many sacks the Chicago Bears have gotten the entire season. <laughs> I did the math earlier. That's over 100 sacks is what they're on pace for. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, the Bills defense kind of yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is as insane considering out. how much Jack complains about them. <laughs> <laughs> you would think the Bills are the worst defense in the league with how Jack talks about them. But no, Dude. they're actually pretty good. Yeah. They have a run game, finally. James Cook, almost 100 yards. Whoa! The big thing they've been missing this entire time, they finally got it. Yeah. Uh, Big-ass pass, also perfect on his uh, three-field goal attempts. Yeah, and the Bills are definitely showing that week one was just a, a fluke. Like, they were not themselves that game, because this is back-to-back ass-whoopings of teams that after week one we were like, well, you know, it might be pretty frisky, I don't know. I think so. the commies still have room to prove that this wasn't a fluke, though, because we saw how good the offense was for them last week. But th- this was just like for their sake. I hope this is just an off week and not a regularly scheduled drubbing that occurs, because I, even with this, I still think there's a lot of momentum going on there with everything that's happened in the last six months for this to be a regular occurrence. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, like, would, every team has this happen at some point. It's just a matter of whether or not you come back from it or if you let it bother you and you 
becomes a regular thing. They're yeah. too good for that. Yeah. You know what I what I was thinking about earlier is the perfect quarterback for the commies is Jameis Winston, right? Because we've <laughs> talked about how Jameis Winston is the true socialist quarterback. He will throw to anyone who's open, regardless of team. Equal opportunity quarterback. Yeah. Everybody gets to catch the ball when Jameis Winston is the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so reminder that Jameis Winston had a 30 touchdown, 30 interception season. He passed for like 5,200 yards. Truly sicko well. behavior. That's, that's so badass. I don't care. <laughs> it was truly just <laughs> fuck it. Mike Evans down there somewhere for 16 straight games. <laughs> He had a game that season where he threw five picks. <laughs> God. So. Um, but yeah, no, the Bills are really fucking good, as it turns out. Um, did we have any other thoughts on Bills commies? Mm-hmm. Not it's, particularly. Not yeah. much else to say. I mean, yeah, the com- commies looked pretty damn bad, which kind of surprised me. But maybe it's just an off game. Josh Allen also didn't really look overly impressive. He just <coughs> kind of Brock birdied himself where he did enough to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking of bad, the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> this this team a, makes no goddamn sense. This was the ultimate. No, I want to lose game because uh, they they truly just took turns trying to lose this fucking game at the end of the or in the closing minutes. I mean, first, we, we got to talk about Justin Herbert going 40 of 47 for 400 yards and three God. touchdowns. Just absurd. Um, I, I, I still think, came down to the final play because that's the Chargers. I think the best part is that we all knew that that's how this game was going to go. We talked about it last week. We're like, this oh, yeah. is going to be the game where every where they try to choke harder than the other. And they damn sure did that. Yeah, the the fourth quarter itself was so it's... damn stupid. Oh my god. You have the Vikings Stoppable score touchdown. Force. <laughs> Stoppable force versus movable object. <laughs> the Vikings score and they're like and the Chargers are like, "Yeah, well we're going to try to throw a game losing interception here." And then the Vikings <laughs> are like, "Not if we tip the ball to your receiver for a touchdown." And so <laughs> and the Chargers are like, "Shit." And then the Vikings are like, "Yeah, and we're going to turn it over on downs after that." And then the Vi- Chargers are like, "Not if we do that by going for it on fourth down our own 25 with only a couple minutes to go. Yeah, take that Vikings. We're going to lose." And then the Vikings are like, "No. What if we run the clock out stupidly and then throw an interception on the goal line? Get fucked, Chargers. We lose." That was the ending of this game. It's just literally two teams both trying to lose it. Would also like to point out the ridiculous stat line that Keenan Allen had in this game. <laughs> 18 receptions for 215 yards. God. And he threw for a touchdown. What? <laughs> yes. He threw a 49-yard touchdown to Mike Williams in this game that's, on top of catching for 200 yards. That's fantastic. Oh and God. more on Mike Williams later, but... It, like. An insane, perf- honestly, both offenses were really good. They just did some stupid ass shit in the process. Like, I... through the first three games of the season, Kirk Cousins has already surpassed a thousand yards, already has nine <laughs> touchdowns, and his completion percentage is 69.6. Kirk Cousins is nice. on pace for 6,000 yards at this rate. <laughs> and, like, it. and like 47 touchdown passes. <laughs> 
Kirk Cousins is literally the best passer in the NFL right now, arguably, but he keeps <laughs> fumbling the fucking thing. Hold on to the ball, forehead. <laughs> um, yeah, I hate Brandon Staley. So God, I well, actually hate they didn't Brandon fumble this Staley week. Coach. I don't think. Oh, oh no, they did. Never mind. They fumbled twice. Terrorist, dude. The okay, his first year, like Brandon Staley came in as a defensive coach, right? And so you would think defensive coaches are extremely conservative that not only was he overly aggressive in his first year, there was that game against the chiefs where they went for it on fourth down in the chiefs territory, I think four times and missed it all four times and lost by a touchdown. <laughs> God. Um, God damn it. Uh, so then he like responded to that and he went like overly conservative last year. And then everybody was like, wow, you have this like absolute gem of a quarterback and you don't let him do anything. And he's like, fine, I guess I'll be aggressive again. I'm going to go for it on fourth down on my own 25 yard line. And it was like, what do you No, Stop. <laughs> like, no, not like this. Brandon Staley is, you know, that meme where it's like the the guy talking to the girl in the cubicle and she's like all flattered. And then it's like the fat ugly dude talk to her calling <laughs> hr so the first one is dan campbell going for it on fourth down all the time because we're like yes yes Doug Peterson. And then, yeah and then, and then brandon staley is the other one and we're like oh hr get in here <laughs> <laughs> so you oh gotta God. make that now i'm gonna make that right now <laughs> i also think it's very fitting that you know, all all the like Caesar Sportsbook, obviously, for every game across every league, right? They put out their odds for the game, and they have a line for how much each team is favored by in the game that's being played. It was extremely fitting in this game that the line was even, and neither team was favored to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> neither team should be able to win this game. It should end in a tie. This should it's if any if any game ended in a tie this year, it should have been this one. Absolute happenstance that somebody actually won this game. Yeah, th- this is yeah, the rare game where it feels like both teams lost. Like like the the Chargers won and I'm mad. <laughs> and yet the Vikings somehow have started the season with the same record as the Bears. <laughs> Like, that is just absurd. That, that is The Vikings vile. have looked so... Like, their offense has been so good, and the Bears just do, just do everything wrong, and after three weeks, they have the same record. Gotta love it. That's, that's bad. God that's, football. Also, that's, big shout-out to the Chargers for racking up 445 passing yards and 30 rushing yards. <laughs> like, that is just full fuck-it-chuck-it. <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> the the run play is a fad. We're throwing this bitch. <laughs> Take your sensitive ass back to rugby. <laughs> this air ain't bitch. We clowning this motherfucker. <laughs> Take your sensitive ass back to the army. <laughs> I would also like to point out the win probability graphic for this game. <laughs> oh just, my god that's just like a heart rate monitor that is that's probably the heart rate of the people watching the damn game no yeah. that's a fucking seismograph right there that's a <laughs> roller coaster dude uh so yeah uh, that was chargers vikings yeah. yeah panthers seahawks uh this was a game 
Um, I don't yep, really one think one of the anybody... games of all time. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton played. He threw for 360 yards. Yeah. He was decent. Uh, yeah. It, it was still Geno season, though. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember anything about this game. <laughs> well, I... unfortunately, we didn't have a mic'd up Geno moment this week, so he's two for three in that now. Yeah. Gotta get but... on that. Yeah, this was a really interesting game. That was a game. Also, I can't remember anything of. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, it's hard to explain. It it's not. It was not as close of a game as the score suggests. Um, yeah, it was. It was thirty-seven to thirteen for a while. So, um, Adam Thielen Panthers also looked very good great. in this game, though. I will say that. What was that? I said Thielen did look good in this game, though. Like he actually finally played like how they signed him to play. Yeah, he had like 140 honestly, yards or something. Honestly, I think uh, having Bryce Young, I know he was injured, but having him not play for a week is probably going to be good for this team because, you know, when when you're struggling on offense like they are, sometimes you just need the the old vet to get in there and tune everybody up and get everybody feeling good again. So good thing they still that. lost. Yep. <laughs> it could have been worse. So yeah, shout out the to the Panthers for being the only team in the <laughs> NFC South to not be two and one. <laughs> so yeah, football happened here. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Panthers fans. We don't have much to say about this one. Uh, and that that was certainly the only game that happened uh, in the afternoon slot. Uh, and there was totally not an- another game that also happened. The next one. Uh, what happens? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I mean, I Hell, read I the score it? off. Read the score off first. Uh, the Cowboys lost uh, sixteen to whatever to a team that nobody cares. To be fair. I did call this. I did say <laughs> this is the type the of game. Cardinals. Ca- I did say that if the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, I would not be surprised. And I watched this game and I was like, yep, these are the Cowboys that I know. And you um, know what? I don't care. I'm flexing on both of you because I fucking picked the Cardinals on this podcast last <laughs> <did>. week. Suck <laughs> my nuts. Uh-huh. Uh, Dak Prescott is a fraud and should action. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Uh <laughs> I was going to make the Jimmy Johnson should be fucking shot meme, but I was like, our bald people fraud. probably aren't going to know what that bald fraud <laughs> compared to. Yeah, dude, this is the bald quarterback matchup. I just realized. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. it is. It's the bald bowl. The <laughs> bowl. Good thing the Cardinals play in a domed stadium. <laughs> it's it's the dome in the dome. It's domeception, baby. I'm gonna be getting dome like those people in Oakland a couple years ago. I mean, the, Bro! the Cowboys are on the road, so this is road dome. So, uh... <laughs> God damn it! Um, yeah, no. I mean, Josh. Do- I, there was a quote I loved where it was like, "The Cardinals are one and two, but Josh Dobbs doesn't care. He's having the time of his life." <laughs> dude, just guys being dudes is what this card looks team like. He's is. having so much fun. Yeah. So here's a stat for you. Uh, I have it written down because I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Uh, first off, the Cowboys had ten penalties in the first half. Uh, God, that's, that's Mike McCarthy Yeesh. football. Uh, they also allowed 182 rush yards in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The- Fuck. Yeah, James <laughs> Conner looked really fucking good on Sunday, somehow. Yeah. Took he, him long enough. He, he had seven yards on. a carry. 
Um, yeah, no, I mean, the Cowboys, they were just flat out outclassed. Like the Cardinals were just genuinely the better team. And like the crazy thing is to start this season, the Cardinals have looked really good in the first half. And then they scored a touchdown and they were like, they scored their first touchdown of the second half of this season. And uh, and Dak also had a hideous game ceiling interception. Oh, that was bad. Where he threw yeah. it into triple coverage in the end. That was just straight up never open. Um, he just kind of did that. I'm kind of I'm kind of over Dak Prescott. I've been kind of over him for a while. <laughs> but like, never have I seen somebody who just like shrinks in the clutch like he does. It's so frustrating. Um, I don't know. It's just like I'm. I'm <laughs> we got the inexplicable loss, or at least the first one, out of the way already. But yep, there's the Cowboys. I also think it was a matter of time, though, before the Cardinals did win a game like this, because they've... And I don't know why the schedule makers did this, but the Cardinals opened their season with three straight uh, games against NFC East teams. I don't know why they did that, but they started with the Commies, the Giants, and now the Cowboys. They played all three of them close. They could have easily won both of those games, so I'm almost not surprised they finally pulled through and did win one of them, but... I mean, come on, Cowboys. What are we doing? Like, they're clearly the superior team and just played like donkey ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much more to say about it. And earlier in the season, or at least at the beginning of the season, everybody was just shitting on the Cardinals. I heard people saying, oh, they're going to go 0-17 and all this shit. God! We did you got to wait until the season <laughs> starts before you say something like that, because they don't look terrible at this point. Oh, it gets worse, though, because they, they the Cardinals might have the most unfair schedule in NFL history. <clears throat> so they again, they've already played the Commies, the Giants and the Cowboys. The next six games, Niners, Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, Browns. Jeez. Who did See, this to them? That sucks. What did they do to deserve that? <laughs> but they seem like a scrappy team. They do. They do. I, yeah, I can like see them they winning win, two or three of those. They could win at least one of those games. Yeah. I can't see a team like the Bears doing anything at this but, point. But that like nine-game gauntlet stretch to start the season is absolutely insane. <laughs> like They got absolutely screwed in the schedule making this year. But again, maybe they could win one or two of those. Maybe three. I think they can. It's yeah. any given Sunday. I yeah, mean, if, I you, think they if you follow the power rankings of Oof sides, I mean, they they are now the best team in football because they beat the best team in football. So, oh, it's like the imperialism map. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm so, picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. So, congrats, Cardinals. You are now number one in the Oof sides power. All rankings. right. All right. <laughs> you know who's not number one? The Las Vegas Raiders. Because God damn it, do I hate watching Josh McDaniels coach football. What the <laughs> fuck was this? So I want to point out, when they at the start of this game, NBC was showing their graphics and they were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and how he has like the highest completion percentage in like NFL history and has like one of the best touchdown to interception ratios. And I'm like, why isn't Jimmy Garoppolo good then? Uh, and then he this threw is three why. interceptions. <laughs> okay, before anything else, this needs to be 
addressed. What in the fuck was Josh McDaniels doing in the fourth quarter of that game? Oh, so, boy. The Raiders were down, I think it was 23-7 to seven in the yeah. fourth quarter. They get a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. It's 23-15. All of a sudden, it's like, now hold on a second. There might be a chance here. So, the Steelers, I think, three and outed. They have the ball back again with like, I don't know, I think it was like three and a half, four minutes, something like that. They drive themselves down the field. They get to the Steelers eight yard line. No, no, no. It's it was before. No, there was a there was a worse one before this. They're on like or it. it so they got to around the Steelers like 20. And that's when they lined up for the first field goal. Yes. And or no, and, they were originally going to go for it on fourth and one and then got called for a false start, which is literally the only thing you you're not supposed to do there. Right. And so they and went for the field goal. They made the field goal, but then I forget who it was, but the Steelers got called for a personal foul. So that yes. gave the Raiders 15 yards and a brand new set of downs. Fast forward. They're on the Steelers eight yard line. It's like fourth and three. There's like, I don't know, two something minutes left in the game. You're down by eight points. And they went for the field goal again. <laughs> Why would you do that? What 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 Josh McDaniels is saying there is. I if I go for the, if the touchdown here and I don't get it, I need a touchdown. But if I kick a field goal, I still need a touchdown. So I think my team has a better shot of getting a stop on defense and then driving about 70 yards with less time and less timeouts than I think my team, or I think that is more likely than my team picking up four yards. Why, why do you have a job? So they kick this field goal makes it 23 to 18. Now they did get a defensive stop on the Steelers. Uh, but it wasn't until 20 seconds left of the game. So the Steelers punt it. Presley Harvin boots what might be the punt of the season. Dude, Presley Harvin was on a fucking heel oh my on God. Sunday, too. And At least he's figuring it out for once. <laughs> it took him fucking three years, but he's finally getting it. Oh, well, like, punt of the season, he's potentially. He's kick us. Oh, he's... he's... It... It lands about, I think, like the Raiders' own 10-yard line, right? Their punt returner muffs it. (laughs) Like, five guys fall on it. The Raiders barely hold on to the ball. So now they're on, like, their own, like, 10. With, like, 10 seconds left. Obviously, already not looking good. First play from scrimmage on the drive. And Jimmy G just throws it completely over the head of the one Raider in a five-mile radius of the throw. And it gets picked off. (laughs) End of the game. Also want to point out, Josh McDaniels post game when asked about his decision to kick the field goal said, well, we were going to need to score twice anyway. No, you wouldn't have. No, you were down by eight. That's a one possession game. <laughs> like you can't even use the excuse of like, oh, I didn't know the two point conversion was a thing because you literally got one the drive before that. Like, I guess he's saying, like, oh, yeah, well, we needed to score twice to win. But it's like, motherfucker, you need to tie it but at once for first. overtime. Like, why? Like, again, come it's, on. it's the thing that I was saying where I was like, why do you think you can go 80 yards easier than you can go eight? 
<laughs> and you know what? Even if they if they didn't convert on that fourth down, they still would have had multiple timeouts plus the two minute warning to get a stop and then have to go those eighty yards anyway. Yeah. So you're still better off going for it there. And you probably get better field position too. Yeah. So it's I McDaniels is another one where I would not be surprised if he's canned before the end of the season. It's unbelievable that coaches can do this shit over and over and over and over and they don't learn. It's what, insane. What are they doing? Josh McDaniels, for what it's worth, was fired in his second season as the head coach of the Broncos. So if history repeats itself, uh, though in this case, maybe it's a good thing if history repeats itself. I don't I just still don't get how he even got a job to begin with. After that, and then how he left the Colts hanging like he did. Because he made Mac Jones look like a pro bowler as a rookie. That's why. Because yeah. the like the Patriots offense actually had some pretty decent games in 2021. They like yeah. even as a rookie quarterback, and this isn't some big whole pro Patriots bias, but like Mac Jones actually had some really solid games and the Patriots won ten games with a rookie quarterback when yeah, they, they probably shouldn't like, have. Yeah. Yeah. Like McDaniels is a really good coordinator, but he showed it in Denver and he's showing it now. Do not make that man a head coach because it's not going to go well. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Steven, did you have anything to say about uh, Matt Canada? <laughs> Actually, I slept through this game. Oh, okay. So I just looked he did. at the score at the end and I was happy. Yeah. Uh, the they A lot of the same shit. So. Same shit, different day. Matt Canada is yeah. a football terrorist. Um, apparently somebody during training camp got him to sign a toilet seat and he did it. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, oh God, what game were people at? It was a completely different game, but they were chanting fire Matt Canada. All of them. There were people with the commies games with fire Matt Canada signs. (laughs) That fucking rocks. I love that. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of shit, never changing. The Eagles uh, are still really fucking good. They beat the Buccaneers 25 to 11. This one. (sighs) What were you going to say? I was going to say this is notable because it was the second scoregami of the week. We got two scoregamis in a week. (laughs) Yeah, this one was, I I will say, uh, not the worst Baker Mayfield game I've ever seen. He. I wouldn't say he looked bad, just like the Eagles are just so fucking good on defense, dude. Like the yeah. interception that he threw was just him not pulling the trigger fast enough on a throw. He made the right read. He looked off the safety, but he just didn't turn and throw fast enough. And they got bit by things like that and a safety and a fumble. Like it, it was seven. It was what? Ten to three uh, right Something before like halftime. Or no, it was six to three right before halftime. And the Brown or Browns. Uh, force of habit bucks get the ball back start driving they fumble it eagles go down score touchdown before half to go up 13 3 and then it just it snowballed from there uh safety shortly thereafter um you know after punting and pinning them like right at the two yard line and then uh you know another touchdown and then the bucks finally scored again but it was just like they could do nothing on offense and like we mentioned you know, the Eagles butt push plays 
still like unstoppable. Nobody's been able to figure out how to stop it. But the most impressive thing was the Bucks scored early in the fourth quarter to make it a 14 point game. And we were like, all right, we got a game on our hands. And then the Eagles took the ball and just never gave it back. They had like a 10 minute drive to end the game. Did they really? Nine and a half minutes. Yeah. Oh my god, they did. The, the Buccaneers scored uh with 927 left in the fourth quarter and never got the ball back. <laughs> wow. Just insane. So yeah. So the Eagles are still really fucking good. Um worth noting Mike Evans had potentially the catch of the year in this game as well. Oh yeah. That was like that. That was absolutely fucking ridiculous that he was able to catch that. Yeah, I also liked people pointing out uh, this was the real Kelsey and Swift couple of Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift. True. Um, which, by the way, yeah, DeAndre Swift, uh, 130 yards on 16 carries this week. Uh, you know, only had 175 last week. He might be pretty good. <laughs> He's all right. Might be the off one of the offseason acquisitions of the year. So yeah, Jalen Hurts also in this game passed Cam Newton for the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in their first fifty career games. That Still blows my mind. They got him in the second round. Yeah, and the the crazy thing too is they weren't even drafting him to be a quarterback. They wanted to turn him into like a Taysom Hill type player. And then Carson Wentz fell apart, and they were like, "Wait a second, this Jalen Hurts thing's kind of hitting." <laughs> that dime he had to, I think it was Olamide Zacchaeus into triple coverage in like the middle of that game was absurd. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one where he just like threw it through a fucking mailbox. Yeah. Basically, that was in. I was watching that live. He scrambled for fucking ever. And I was like, come on, you've got to get him. And then threw an absolute dart. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, man, <laughs> you can't you can't teach that shit. No. So, yeah, the Eagles still probably one of the two powerhouses of the NFC. So I will say, though, I think the Niners look better so far. Yeah, 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 like the, yeah the Eagles offense still looks a little slow, but, you know, we'll see. Like, I think it's impressive that the Eagles are three and zero despite not playing their best. So when they do start playing their best, look the fuck out. Yeah. Speaking of not playing their best, the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, they beat the Rams 19 to 16. This game uh, sucked. <laughs> it was yeah, bad. this was some generational ass. This is the game that if you are the Rams, like you want to get this one back because so many scoring opportunity opportunities got away from them. You know, there is the Puka Nakua like long throw or, or no, not not Puka. Um, Tutu Atwell had that really long run and it got stopped at like the two yard line and they had to settle for a field goal like they could just could not finish a drive this whole game. Because the Bengals defense came up strong, picked off Stafford twice. Um, yeah, and uh, Joe Burrow still looked kind of sketchy. Um, he's still dealing I, with that calf injury, which is a good thing they made him pass 49 times. I think this was the perfect outcome for the Bengals, though, where oh, yeah. like they got the win they needed to kind of stabilize themselves. Joe Burrow wasn't playing 100%. And while he did throw 49 times, I think most of them were like, it was like a super quick release where he wasn't really having to scramble that much. So he wasn't spending that much time with the ball. 
risking himself being sacked. So, like, they got the win. As far as we know, he didn't re-aggravate the injury at any point. So, best case scenario for the Bengals, but definitely a missed opportunity for the Rams. Yeah. So, and and this is a game too that like you can't start the season zero and three if you're the Bengals. Like you're just losing nope. ground to all the other teams around you, especially with the Browns playing better. Like the like the entire AFC North is good enough to make the playoffs, so it's all the more important for the Bengals to not fall any farther behind. Oh yeah. Um, and as for the Rams, I still don't really know what to think about them. I think they're frisky. Um but they seem to me like a team that might kind of crash and burn at seven and 10. Like they play, they've played above their overall talent level. I feel like for the first couple weeks, but yeah. We'll see. I think they're definitely better than last year, but still not what they were two years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's what they were aiming for this year. What I was mentioning where they have like 35 rookies on their team. It was like, let's just see if we can find some people. And some of them like Puka Nakua, they have found people. Um, so and then next year, I think they're finally back in the first round of the draft. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was week three. Yeah. Oh, we thank uh, God it's a thin deuce desk this week. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot happened. Let's go. Over uh, J.C. Jackson, though, had an arrest warrant issued by a police department in Massachusetts. He's obviously he was a patriot for a long time. Uh, because he failed to pay a $600 fine and attend a class on reckless driving. God forbid yeah. men have hobbies. So the North Attleboro police want to talk to J.C. Jackson now. We'll see if he does. <laughs> yeah, uh, there that was the rumors of why he was a healthy scratch this week. And a lot of rumors were like, was that why? So. I gotta be honest, even when he has been playing, he hasn't been great, and the more time that passes, the more I'm glad the Patriots didn't re-sign him to a big contract. Yeah. Because it has not been good for him so far in L.A. Uh, Touched on it earlier, the Jets picked up Trevor Simeon to back up Zach Wilson. Though Apparently, he's going to be inactive this week and play next week, so, I mean, why sign him at that point, I guess? I don't know what what the fuck's going on with him anymore. Uh, The Saints also decided to sign a quarterback with the injury to Derek Carr. Probably not going to play this week because he hurt his shoulder. They decided to sign Jake Lutton off the Panthers practice squad. So he'll likely back up Jameis Winston on Sunday. And Mike Williams, or yeah, the injuries for this week touched on Derek Carr. Mike Williams, unfortunately, tore his ACL against the Vikings. So he is done for the year. And he was not. He just died. Oh, yeah, the other Mike Williams. <laughs> he was also not the only big-time playmaker to tear their ACL as Trevon Diggs tore his ACL in practice before the Cardinals game, and he is also out for the year. Yeah, Which really sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we, we, and now, we don't have one. We have two WTF or what the football moments of the week. The first of which comes from the college side of the ball, where number nine Notre Dame at home against number six Ohio State. Notre Dame basically has to win this game because they're an independent to have a chance to make the college football playoff. They're up by, I think, four points 
with like three seconds left of the game, Ohio State having just marched down the field. And what does Notre Dame do? On the last two plays of the game, as they're trying to have a goal line stand, they trotted out 10 guys instead of 11. And to end the game, Ohio State on the last play ran it in from two yards out and won the game. In the gap where the guy would have been. Yep. That reminds me of, uh, have you ever seen the famous Giants fake punt from the 1990 NFC Championship game? Yes. Yes. The 49ers only had 10 men on the field for that game. And they like the the punter, he's he did an interview with NFL Films where he was talking about that. He was like, we call that player. We go to pundit and uh, we realize the 49ers only have 10 men on the field. And the one that's missing is in the exact spot where they would normally run that fake punt. So they audibled to it and picked up the fa- uh, the first down and then go down and score and win the, the game. Yeah, that's fantastic. But very um, fitting for Notre Dame to lose a game that way. I yep. love praying on a downfall in Notre Dame. With, with all the hype they had about getting Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, finally having a decent, good quarterback to complete that roster that they've had, just to lose a game like that and take themselves likely out of college football playoff contention that way is very funny. And the other WTF moment of the week comes from Arizona, where despite them defeating the Cowboys with Josh Dobbs as their quarterback, you can't buy a Josh Dobbs jersey in their player store. With the age Cardinals. Get on. Where he, he posted like a whole video on TikTok of him going up to the kiosk where you can customize your jersey, and they had some preset names at the bottom for their key players, and Josh Dobbs' name just wasn't there, despite him being their starting quarterback. Did they have one for Greg Dortch? I don't know if they had one for Greg Dorch. Uh, Oh, shit. Did we check Greg Dorch's... uh, I'm I'm checking right now. Hang on. Uh, Dorch update. Did not have a receiving or uh, a reception. Uh, oh, what he the did hell? have two punt returns for 19 yards. All right. Dorch, let's go. And a kick return for 28 yards. Oh, shit, I missed that one. All right, yeah, he's he's dorching it up over there. All I right. Maybe put him in because he will dorch the defense. So He will. Men's jerseys. Okay, can she I find a Josh Dobbs jersey? Dorch. All right, the first one that comes up is a Pat Tillman jersey. Okay. And then a J.J. Watt jersey. Oh, shit. J.J. Watt jersey for 50 bucks on sale right now. That's not bad. Yeah. I might have to buy that. Uh, oh, there's a Josh Dobbs shirt. They finally have one. All right. I don't know if you can go into, the, into their pro store and buy one yet, but at least you can get one online now. Yeah. Oh, you just want to buy- know who's wearing a Josh Dobbs jersey. That's uh, me. I'm going to be wearing one. Okay, if you insist. Oh, my God. Why did... <laughs> <laughs> you need a bald idol. They have so they they still sell Larry Fitzgerald jerseys. Uh XL <laughs> 65 bucks. It's on sale. Um they have a DeAndre Hopkins jersey that's on sale for 40 bucks, but it's the new jersey template that he's never worn. Oh my so god. They, oh. they printed a bunch of these, and then DeAndre Hopkins got traded. <laughs> Um, so now they're on clearance (laughs) oh cardinals 
somehow not the laughing stock of the NFL right now. Yeah. yeah. You could argue they're not even top three. Yeah. So and that was neat. the WTF moments of the week. Are we are we ready for uh pick they thems? Let's I think we are. Them. All right, let's kick it over to Pick They Them's, the world's only gender neutral football picks show. All uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Forget about himbos and bimbos. It's all about thembos now. That's me. I'm be, them. We're going to be kicking it off with all with our favorite himbo, Dan Campbell's Lions, playing the Packers on Thursday night. <coughs> uh, Lions. Yeah, it's Lions time. I'm taking them. I want to pick the Lions, but a, a, a primetime game at Lambeau Field makes it extremely difficult to pick against the Packers. And uh, so I'm going to take them in this game. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I forgot to mention uh, last week's pickums. Uh, st- oh, I got to fix that. It still says Steven is Garrett. Hang on. Uh, I'll fix that. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's huge uh, for me. St- Steven won at 12 and 5. I was next at 11 and 6. Dewey, 10 and 7. Jack at 9 and 8. I want to point out that Steven won because of. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only person who picked the fucking Fal- or the uh, the Texans and, and the Colts and the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> Get owned, I'm s- sweating with anger. I still Fraud. like that Jack locked a tie twice. Yeah, Steven, you, you did lock the Falcons, though. So. I mean, can't be perfect. <laughs> I've tried. Yeah, Jack is the first person to ever lose two locks in one week. <laughs> now that's impressive yeah so anyway back to week four uh so yeah we got lions lions do the packers then kicking off sunday falcons at jaguars this reminder this is the game in london this is oh. the toy story game it's the calvin ridley revenge game oh it is i'm gonna take the jaguars i think they're gonna get back on track uh that's that's not how i spell that the Jags look Jagger. like they're in a big funk, but <laughs> the Falcons just don't make any sense. So I'm yeah. like. I'm I, torn. Because I could do honestly, something really funny here. I'm oh, going to no. pick the Falcons, but I think I'm going to end up regretting doing that. I want to say that every week I'm going to lock the Falcons until I get it right. <laughs> but That would be very funny. Let's do it. I'm locking oh the Falcons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, statistically speaking, it has to pay off eventually. They can't lose out, right? Please, well, they can't. Please well, don't lose out. Please. You remember the 2020 Jaguars? <laughs> right. But these aren't the Jaguars. These are the Falcons. <laughs> oh, it's true. They're playing the Jaguars. Idiot. Yeah. Um, Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> nope, this then, is the game they tie. Fuck you both. Oh my god. Battle of the Overachievers, Rams, Colts. Colts. Wow. This one's I tough don't... because I feel like the Rams gotta win this one, but if you win it as the Colts, you're all of a sudden looking pretty legit at 3-1. and one. I think the Colts have a good chance to win this game regardless of who they start a quarterback. But I'm gonna go with the Rams. Because I think the Rams have a better roster. 
and I think the odds are in their favor here, especially if Richardson doesn't play. But as we just saw this past weekend, the Colts have this insane ability to win games they probably shouldn't, and this could definitely be one of them. I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm really conflicted Fine. about this. but Yeah. Ravens, Browns. Browns. I'm also picking the Browns. The Ravens are just too battered to really make this uh, decision. Uh, I I will be taking the Ravens. Uh, okay, I'll go fuck myself then, alright? <laughs> I am very interested, though, to see if the Browns' defense, as good as they've played, can contain a guy like Lamar Jackson for an entire yeah. four quarters. Part I'm really excited is, for this. Part of it is I think the Ravens are big brother, and part of it is out of principle. Uh, so, go Ravens. <laughs> Like, as long as Deshaun Watson and the offense can do literally anything, I think the Browns have a pretty good chance to pull this one out. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I haven't picked the Browns a single time since they got rid of Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I like it. And I'm probably going to keep that streak up. Uh, Vikings Panthers. 0-3 versus 0-3 in an Adam Thielen revenge game. As funny as it would be for the Vikings to start 0-4, I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, So do I. You have to win this one, or otherwise it's like all of it's a sudden over. you're eyeballing the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, as it stands, making the playoffs after starting 0-3 is extremely rare, so they're already in a bad spot, but 0-4 is going to make it next to impossible. Yeah, yeah. 0-4, you're pretty much done. Alright, so Vikings across the board. Speaking of dung and rings, I think we're going to kick that up again after we're done picking. Yeah, after this. After, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we got to start that after this. Uh, there, Honestly, there's a couple teams I think we can already put up. We can yeah, that's support. that's what I'm thinking is after yeah. this yeah. thing. Uh, Bengals-Titans. This Bengals. is a big game for both teams. I, oh. I'm sorry, the Titans are not impressive. I keep, I think I've gotten the Titans game wrong every, all three weeks to start the season. I don't, I don't want to pick them anymore. <laughs> I don't want to fucking pick them again. Let's see, what is my record picking each of these teams? Yeah, I picked the Titans week one, and they lost to the Saints. I picked the Chargers against the Titans in week two, and they, lo- and they lost. And I just picked the Titans against the Browns, and they lost. So I've gotten all three Titans games wrong. Fuck you, Titans, I'm picking the Bengals. And if you win, I'm going to be really mad at you. Let's see. I picked the Bengals twice and got both of them wrong. And I picked the Titans three times and uh, I've gotten them wrong twice. So statistically speaking, I should pick the Bengals here. And I'm gonna. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna he's gonna he's gonna. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Buccaneers Saints battle for the uh, NFC North or NFC South right now. Uh, big rivalry game as well. I will be taking the Buccaneers. I think it's this could go either way. Oh, Jameis Winston revenge game, too. I forgot. I'm going to say Saints. Even without Derek Carr, I think the Saints are going to find a way because when it comes to the Buccaneers, (laughs) the Saints always find a fucking way. I think the Saints are better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I do too, but I think the Bucks are also a little better. So, Fine, go ahead. Be wrong next week. Um, I'm gonna. I will. Gonna. 
He's yeah. gonna! Guys, he's gonna! <laughs> Dolphins, Bills. Dolphins. Fins up. <laughs> uh, I guess I will take the Bills then. Coward. You are a coward. You know that? No, Bills are gonna win 80 to 70. You are a fucking coward. <laughs> How am I a coward? Josh Allen is a bald fraud. He's not even bald. <laughs> he will be once once I'm done with him. <laughs> Go Bills. Please. I just realized none of us have locked yet. I did. Oh, you wait. Oh, you, yeah, that's right. I'm stupid. Ignore me. Uh, oh, baby. Game of the year. Oh, yeah, who's going to keep no. their job game? Broncos Bears. The I Jay am locking, bowl. Uh, I'm locking Ky- a tie. The Kyle Orton Bowl. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm locking a tie because I can't in good conscience pick either of these teams to win because they're both fucking terrible. They're both hor- horrendously run organizations with underperforming quarterbacks. I can't pick either of them. I'm locking a fucking tie. Where is... I don't have a coin. I'm going to roll some dice for this one. The Broncos are going to beat them easily. The they? Gap from they should. The, rest, the gap from the rest of the NFL to the Broncos is the gap from the Broncos to the Bears. That's I think, how bad the Bears are. Now, They're not winning a game. Full disclosure, I think the Broncos are going to win this game straight up. But I can't pick them in good conscience at all. I can't fucking do it. You know what? So I'm not going I'm, to. I'm so confident. I'm going back on what I said about 10 minutes ago. I'm going to lock the Broncos. You're going to regret that. I don't give a fuck. Because if I if I'm right, then I'm gonna hold it against you guys. No, you can lock the life. Falcons too. Just do what Jack did and lock two games in one week, and then hope you don't lose them both. No, well, it only it only counted as two because he locked two games. He, he picked a tie twice and then also locked a tie. So, well, he's a stupid crap idiot. Yeah, Broncos okay, country, I, let's ride. I'm, no, I'm let, rolling, let's not. I'm I'm bailing out of the car. I'm rolling a D100. Odds, Broncos, evens, Bears. Oh, God, I dropped one of them. 72. Uh, I'm picking the Bears. We have three different results for one game. Wait, okay, so Steven, you locked the Broncos. Dewey locked the tie. (laughs) We should all have this. I'm locking the Bears. Lock it up! Bears the Bears! Yes! Yes! Lock it up! (laughs) All right. It's happening. This is... That's perfect. This I think perfect. this might be the first Bears lock in Oofside's history. I'm going to have to go through the old sheet. <laughs> and, and you know Seeing... what? It sh- you know, it should be the last. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Hell yes. Commanders, Eagles. Mm. I'm Eagles. taking the Eagles, yeah. You know what? I'm going to pick the commies here. Honestly. The Commies ended the Eagles' undefeated streak last year, and the Commies are always one of those teams that, when it comes to a division rival, usually can find a way to take home the win, even if they shouldn't. And I think this is the exact kind of week that they're going to. Give me the fucking Commies. It's our team, baby! We've got Field General Sam Howell, I mean Joseph Stalin, a quarterback, going to lead them to the win. I can't wait to hear that when I'm editing it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Oh, baby.
Steelers Texans. <laughs> so before Ew. before we pick anything here, I wanted to mention that um, former Steelers center Kendrick Green looks to be the starting center for the Texans this week coming up. Kendrick Green is about as effective as a traffic cone, or maybe like a turnstile. That motherfucker might genuinely be the worst player I've ever seen suit up for the Steelers. And I watched Martavis Bryant play. And I watched, um, what the fuck's his name? Chris Kimiatu. I watched him in person get three false starts, three plays in a row back in 2011. <laughs> Kendrick Green is the worst Steeler I've ever seen. Oh, Steelers God. by 20,000. That rules. This. Uh, is it a trap game? I think the Texans might just be kind of good. This this is a trap game for both teams. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Uh... No, nah, I'm going to take the Steelers because I think their defense is going to terrorize CJ Stroud. <laughs> I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Steelers. However, a Texans win would not shock me at all. Yeah, same. Oh, baby. Battle of the one and two teams. The race for second place in the AFC West. Raiders Chargers. Oh, God. Uh, Garoppolo might already be in concussion protocol. I um, think he is. Who's so, the Raiders if backup? that means if he doesn't play, the Raiders are going to start Brian Hoyer. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, but no. But, <laughs> but. It's the Chargers. Oh, it God. Is. <laughs> there, there's no way that in this day and age that Brian Hoyer is going to lead a team to victory. So if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play, honestly, you know, fuck that. I think the Chargers are going to win anyway. But, but if, the if they Chargers. lose, I would not be shocked. It's the Chargers. It, it has to be. the Yeah, yeah. And we say that. We do. But the Raiders are a fucking mess. Do we? It's Steve. the Chargers. <laughs> I, I, hey, hey, I know, I know, I know where you live. I swear to God, I'm not. I don't want to edit it out again. <laughs> Please don't. I hate it here. <laughs> oh uh, man, God, I really don't know how to do. I, I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I, this, no, wait, no. <laughs> Are you goddamn it? <laughs> because. Two weeks ago, I said I'm never picking them again. <laughs> so I'm going with the Raiders. Jesus Christ. I think I'm going to go with the Raiders. <laughs> it's the Chargers, dude. Yeah. Hoyer the Destroyer is back. They were actively trying the to destroyer! lose. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh baby. Man. Cardinals 49ers. Niners. I like how there's all these obviously lockable games that we're just not taking. Because <laughs> I will also. You know what though? I think that I think this is the kind of game we just saw with the Cowboys that the Cardinals could fuck around and win. <laughs> what if the I'm Cardinals picking. Are just I'm, good? <laughs> I'm picking the Niners. However, if we're sitting here next Wednesday night and we're talking about how the Cardinals somehow beat the Niners, don't cover color me surprised. What color is surprised? Whatever color you want it to be. White. Blurple. That seemed motivated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that does sound motivated. I was thinking cum. 
<laughs> well, I don't know what's worse. Uh, moving this on, uh, Patriots Cowboys. Oh hell, Bubba! Micah Parsons is about to turn Mac Jones in a flat Stanley, and I'm not ready for it. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even talk about Mac Jones sack tapping Sauce Gardner. Did you guys see oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a thing that supposedly happened. Like, yeah, Sauce Gardner's like, yeah, you sack Tappy. Mac Jones is like, no. So who the fuck knows what actually happened? Did you see Sauce posted a video of it where you can see it? He 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 did. Yeah, he posted a video and he's like, just so I don't get fined. And like like he just like stands up and just kind of like flicks him, and then Sauce just shoves him, (laughs) and Mac flops so fucking bad. It's so funny. Oh my god, just guys being dudes. So. <laughs> you know me, I'm always picking the Patriots, but I mean, I think Cowboys. all of us here know who's going to win this fucking game. I don't like saying the phrase, this is a get-right game against Bill Belichick, because the Cowboys always find a lo- way to lose to the Patriots, but I'm... I'm well, they didn't the last time. Yep, 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 their coach also kicked a field goal down a touchdown late in the game last time they played, uh, yep. Really happy about that. This game still doesn't totally piss me off or anything. What happened? <laughs> Jason Garrett, for some reason, had a job for a decade. <laughs> so, why? I, I don't know. Uh, and then kicking off Sunday night, because now the rest of the country gets to see it. It's Chiefs Jets. Come um, the fuck oh my on. god! By Chiefs. the way, this is the first Jets. Sunday night game in 10 years. <laughs> Yikes. Hey, Taylor Swift is going to be here. Oh, true. Yeah. Chiefs by a million. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, I have this stat written down also. The uh, Jets had 10 passing yards in the first half. <laughs> 10. Oh, I... I mean, it's nothing on the Bears having a yard of offense uh, two years ago, but it's up there. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Steelers a couple weeks ago. <laughs> one yard. <laughs> one! One! I will also be taking the Chiefs. This is the game where it becomes a national joke. Like, Aaron Rodgers thinks he can control the New York media, and he's about to find out real quick. And Zach Wilson is going to get booed off the field at some point. Because yes, I hope they played the Jags last year on Thursday night. I just hope the camera pans to Taylor Swift while they're booing him. Oh. <laughs> if Taylor that would be Swift that would be boos Zach Wilson. Please, I think I that... am begging it to happen. Oh That'll God. be revolutionary. Oh, did you guys see? Also, Bill Belichick did an interview this yes! week. <laughs> talking yeah. to a local radio station and they asked him about Taylor Swift and Kelsey and he was like yeah Travis Kelsey has a lot of great catches in his life this might be his best one <laughs> I love Bill Belichick oh, I fucking my love God. Belichick I still think they should let Bill wear suits on the sidelines dude yeah like <laughs> bring it back so and then finally on Monday night, this could also be a nationally televised <laughs> embarrassment oh. in New York. It's Seahawks at Giants. Again, we have back to back games at MetLife for some reason. Um, back to back. That's already games. the second time this year that there's been two primetime games back to back there. Wait, oh what happened in the first game? 
Well, the the first oh one was the forty to nothing game, and then the second one was Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. So, but di- whoa, 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 wait, the home team won that second game. True, give me the Giants. <laughs> With who's the backup on the Giants? Um, uh, who the hell like, even? Daniel Jones what? is gonna die, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tyrod Taylor! Yes, it's Tyrod Taylor time. I don't give a fuck. I'm still picking the Seahawks. It's Tay time. It's Tay Tay time. Both days. Let's go. Uh, I'm still. I'm picking still the picking the Seahawks. I yeah. the Giants are just not. Fuck you guys. They're not. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck all y'all. The Giants are not very good at the football right now. No. God, I cannot wait for Bears Broncos now. The fact that we have three locks on the line <laughs> for one game, <laughs> it means it's going down to the fucking wire for big <laughs> Could you imagine if this game goes to overtime? Oh my god. If this game ends in a tie, you are never hearing the end of it. Oh, you should you put like? money on this game. Just just in case. Have we had tie locks all three weeks? I think so. I think uh, I locked a tie week one. Wait, did Jack not have a tie? Oh, no. It's there was a one up. in week one. Dewey yeah. locked one week two. Jack locked one week three. Oh, that's right. And I just locked again. Oh my god. There it's was cool. a tie picked in week one. It just wasn't a lock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, week four pickums. Shall we? Here, let me get the uh, Dunion Rings spreadsheet going, and we can do that. Because I do we, feel we, like we, there we got to review things. everything that was on the sheet last year because it got wild at the yeah. end. Okay. Yeah. So here's so. <laughs> What is this? what is this one? Okay, so I'm looking at it right now. So for week six, we we sporked Tom Brady, uh, Baker Mayfield in parentheses Darnian rings, uh, and the Houston Texans. Week seven, it was the Lions and Matt Ryan. Three weeks later, it was the Raiders, the Panthers, the Rams, the Saints, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, Walmart, Kenny Galladay. Allen Robinson, do you guys did you guys know he was on the Rams last year? By the way, uh? the Steelers, St. Louis, and New Jersey. Oh, and Dunyan Rings, the segment. <laughs> Two weeks later, the Cardinals, Packers, Jake Brisket, P.J. Walker, also Dunyan Rings. Uh, the Houston Texans again, Brett Favre, Zach Wilson, the Shame Cone, Lisa Ann, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the Atlantic Schooners, Bris- or Schooners, uh, Brisbane Bears, Hamilton Tiger Cats, Dunyan Rings for real this time, the Iran National Team, the Qatar National Team, and Google Sheets. <laughs> Week 13, we Dunyan Rings the Jaguars, who made the playoffs. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, Alex Pillow, who is now a two-time IndyCar champion. <laughs> Fuck that stupid mole motherfucker. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts, Jeff Saturday, John Robinson, Dunyan Rings for the third time, Andy Griffith, and my childhood. <laughs> for, <laughs> for the post-divisional round game, we Dunyan Rings to Carson Wentz. And then for the conference championship that, that round... That aged well. Yeah, for the, for the conference championship round, we Dunyan Rings the Cowboys... Kellen Moore, Aaron Rodgers, the Chinese Grand Prix, uh, not that Jeff also Saturday, aged well. <laughs> Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. 
And then for the Super Bowl, we Dunyan rings the Philadelphia Eagles and the 2022 NFL season. <laughs> well, that's just heartwarming. Yeah. Why did so... we Dunyan rings Andy Griffith? <laughs> I don't know. What the <laughs> hell was that about? Andy <laughs> <laughs> Griffith. <laughs> I need to put the Andy Griffith theme on my soundboard now. That's the official. Oh, that's the official theme song for uh, <laughs> for for Dunion Rings. Oh you my gotta, god! You have to restart the segment with it now. Oh, it's not on here, Matthew. Put it in post. Oh my fucking god! Andy Griffith theme. It's not on. I was gonna play it, uh, but voice mod doesn't have it on their community sounds, so I can't. Anyway, post week three, who are we sporking? The Bears and the Broncos. Yeah, yeah that's obvious picks. Um, I'm mm-hmm. counting out Tom Brady. Oh yeah, we're we're counting out touchdown Tom. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we can count him out at this point. Yeah, he is not crafting his greatest comeback yet. I want to put Zach Wilson on Dungan Rings. Oh shit! Mm. Uh, here, let me. I'm gonna copy a link to this also. I feel pretty safe. Um, Spork and uh, Matt Benedetto. Oh yeah. Um, I want to nominate Heim Bloom. <laughs> Who? Uh, the, the Red Sox GM that was fired a week and a half ago. How do I spell that? Uh, C-H-A-I-M. Bloom. Okay. Uh, the Red Sox clinched last place today. So I'm... Yeah. So they can... Yeah. One last thing that I'm going to nominate to Spork is do we address jokes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good Good and good. (laughs) This bit sucks. (laughs) He can direct all further complaints. <laughs> no, shut up! No! Shut up! No! No! Oh, hell, man. Oh, and I want to put uh, Jack's guts on Dungeon Ring. I was thinking why, the same That's why thing. he's not here tonight. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um... Do we have any other ones? <laughs> trying to think of something that's been happening in uh, <laughs> good input, do we? Uh, let's think... see. Hopefully about... Deshaun Watson's leg. <laughs> well, we can put Aaron Rodgers' Achilles on there. Oh, for... yeah. Okay, well, yeah, here. No, it's coming back, remember? They're oh, doing that oh, that's six million right. dollar man stuff to it. He's gonna come back with a robotic leg. <laughs> that or like some Tom Look Dempsey like shit. the fucking Terminator. Where he's just got like the, <laughs> he's the sledge, just got a stump. The sledgehammer <laughs> for a foot. Egg leg. <laughs> yeah. So he's I mean, gonna come back up there looking like Seamus from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's Dungeon Rings for week three. Yeah. Good stuff. It's a good uh, start, yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Um, uh, I had one, but I forgot. L. Oh, yeah. Shut up. Calories. 
Uh, What's in here, to, fat? <laughs> all I have to say about that is... Uh, oh my god, it's so juicy! So. <laughs> oh. Aaron Rodgers' juicy, voluptuous Achilles. And on that note, <clears throat> we'll see you next time. This has been Achilles Sides, brought to you by <laughs> Seneca Wallace. This has been Pizarkowicz side. AstraZeneca may be able to help. <laughs> this is brought to you by Spurgeon Wins Football Sauce. If you don't like it, you don't like you're, it, an, you're idiot. an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get there. <laughs> <laughs>